Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and this is now episode 164. In this episode, we are going to talk about what Steph Curry's injury means for the Warriors, the Mavericks' recent play, name some underrated players, and talk about some recent blockbuster NFL moves. A quick Patreon shout out to Kobe, Jeremiah, Dylan, Efosa, Mason, Rico the One, Gentile Drew, Cade MVP, Mark, SP4Z Shot, Jordan, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the GOAT, Mayo, Andre, Matthew, Peter, Daniel, Biggie Boston Boy, Ben, Mickey, William, Tyler, Ruthless Rootster, Sensei Stevie, Joel B, SA Crimes, Kevin S, Eagle Dalla, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkoed, Dylan, Playboy Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T Grove, Tua Sucks on Ka, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis, Aaron, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Matthew Jimenez, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua, man. What was that Let's guitar thing that you did in the beginning? You oh, almost threw me off because I, I was about um, to laugh. I was trying to do the uh, music, but I, I I don't think it was a guitar. So I wants a new it. signature thing. I, was over, I was reading the intro. He's over here like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> I was about to I'm say geeked up, man. I'm nah, excited. bro, you're, you're, you're vibing. It's cool. It's yeah, cool. I respect it. You want We're your own vibing. signature thing? Nah, I got I my it. own signature thing. What's things? your signature thing? Man. Not having a laptop. That's really what it is. Just for show. Exactly. No, I think my signature is like my do-rags. That's my signature. You got you know it. That's facts. That's the do-rag that riv. Yeah. That not even wearing. I haven't, I haven't worn it in a minute. You Come know on, what I'm bro. saying? I'll, I'll bring it the back. The fans need it. Playoff time, I will be wearing a do-rag. All right. Okay. Why? You're going to have a different hairstyle? I don't know. I just think um, playoff times when I gotta really lock in, so Durag has to come on, you know. Respect, hundred percent. So Mass Kyrie, hoodie mellow, Durag Riv, hoodie, hoodie mellow, Kobe mask, you know, Kobe mask, yeah, untucked. I think Kyrie, untucked is. Kyrie, yeah, LeBron mask, you know, Steph with the the mouthpiece out. All right, let's not go there. That's that's a signature. Fake. That is yeah, that a, is game six Clay. Game six Clay. Does Harden have a signature? <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> that back, Harden. <laughs> oh my God! How is that not a signature? That's a signature. I, I don't think it would be classified in not this like type that, of thing. Exactly. What do you mean? He made it all the way. To, he passed Reggie Miller in all time. That's not what. It, that's not what his signature that's is. That's a signature. The beard is a signature. There you go. Fear the beard. Fear the beard's cool. Fear the beard. He's always bearded though. It's not like a once in a not while. Always. I don't think you want him to shave the beard. Have you ever seen him without the beard? I have. Not it's it. Not, like, yeah. not it. Maybe he's. You know, God and handsome over the years. I don't know. <laughs> He's gotten older. <laughs> Miracle. <of God. laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I really can't think of any other signatures, though. Yeah. But Durag River is definitely up oh, there. It's got to be. It's a lock. I think somebody said that when I wear a gray hoodie, this gray hoodie specifically, mm-hmm. that's when I make my hottest takes. <laughs> really? Is that so, about to be today? No, I don't think so. So this is, so I'm gray hoodie Joel. He's Durag River. I don't know what you are. Yeah, somebody said that's when I'm at my smartest. When I'm when the do rag yeah. comes out. <laughs> that's when I say my logical stuff. It's like, eh, it's possible. I wonder why. What's the science behind that? I don't know. I'm sure if we tell Serge Maybe to figure it, it out, Serge could figure it out. 
<laughs> surge of all people. He would do it. What? Google? He would go back it? and look at all the vids and just <laughs> ah, try to figure it okay, out. Like, I surge, would that do that? He might. Maybe it compresses your head. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you either. I couldn't tell you. Just... You're supposed to be a nurse, though. But that it has there's no correlation <laughs> between two rags and being smarter. That's why I got to drop out already, bro. That shit not <laughs> Listen, yeah, 100 bro. comments, I'll drop out. All right, that's that can happen. Hundred comments that say Drew drop out. Oh, okay, now you're adding. Nobody's gonna literally say they might. They might. There might be a Drew dropout chain. We're literally gonna be famous. You're gonna just if that happens and it gets a hundred likes, I'll drop out. We're gonna be famous. You're gonna just be sitting there with your doctor's degree, like it's a bachelor's, but bachelor's whatever. I'd have two at that point. Yeah, with. Just, just saying, wiping my ass with it. Yeah, literally. Just hey, I tell your kids, you know, I Listen, did this. That's the when goal. I was young, that's the goal. Word, I'm Don't let Iona see this though. Education's <laughs> always a great thing. To it have. is. It is. Yeah, 100%. Two bachelors is a good thing to have. It's very I'm proud of you, son. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we make our football and basketball episodes exclusive, but two big time things happen in the NFL that we no kind doubt. of have to talk about. I agree. Uh, Cause I personally can't wait until next week to talk about it. It's going to be old news at that point. And we want to uh, tell you guys and basically, you know, recap and give our analysis on it. Now, Joel, unfortunately isn't here, but Riv is here. Our uh, let's basketball. See you, bro. You got big shoes to fill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and for those wondering. He's making his football return. Football return. There we go. There we go. And for those wondering, JC's not here because he had work. So I know, like, you know, you guys may comment and ask why. That's why. <laughs> so just to get it out the way. Free JC. So people, people are going to watch the video and still be like, where's JC? Even after we And then they're going to timestamp it like here. <laughs> so on to the first topic of the day. We're going to get done with football early in the All show right. so we can just go and talk about basketball the entire way. Um, the Browns traded. For Deshaun Watson. So the Browns got Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fourth round pick. The Texans got three first rounders, a 2023 third rounder, and a 2024 fourth rounder. So they swapped fourth rounders in the year of 2024. And they also gave Deshaun Watson a five-year, $230 million deal. Now, people thought Cleveland was out of the running. They thought it was between Atlanta and New Orleans and New Orleans. And basically, from the reports that I've been reading, is that Deshaun chose Cleveland because they offered him the most money, guaranteed money, mm. and Atlanta wasn't willing to go as far as them. And that's why he chose Cleveland. Ultimately, there was this guy on Twitter called Sports Talk Jake okay. who reported that Deshaun was going to Atlanta. Uh, and is made, this the guy who deactivated? Yeah, and he made a bunch of bold statements like, I'll deactivate if I'm wrong. He's real. And all this other stuff. He actually activated his account again, though. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, he, didn't he didn't say he wouldn't be it. back, but he said, I'll just deactivate. He did that. He deactivated because he was getting like death threats and stuff. Oh, really? My yeah. Oh, my God. People yeah. are crazy. Yeah. All because Deshaun's not going to their <laughs> team. Like, get over it. So he's now on the Cleveland Browns. And Drew, what do you think about this? I know you've made a lot of uh, really dumb statements about how... <laughs> You think Deshaun is the most talented quarterback in the NFL? He definitely. So now that you think, what's dumb about it? He's got he's, everything because he's not more That's talented than Mahomes or Josh Allen. He's more talented than than Mahomes for sure. No, he's not. <laughs> he is. All right, but you, you by by your standards, you think Deshaun the, Watson is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the, the best quarterback yeah. in the NFL? Oh yeah. So I want to know your take on this whole thing, and I want to give me what do you think about the Browns moving forward, the Texans, and also 
if Atlanta ultimately dodged the bullet or they should be regretting that they didn't get Deshaun. All right, so let's go piece by piece. We'll start with the Browns. Them getting Deshaun for three firsts, I believe is a third and a fifth, mm-hmm. is less than what the Broncos had to trade to get Russell Wilson. I thought that some players would be moved in this trade. No players were moved on the Brown side, just straight up draft picks. Now it makes sense. This is a risk in taking Deshaun onto your team because there's baggage that comes along with it. With Russell Wilson, there's no baggage. You know where you're getting with Russell. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be playing, bearing injury. Now, on the Texan side, they get their draft picks. They have very firm capital for the future. And now they're stating that they're going to build around Davis Mills, which is, I don't think is the worst plan at this point in time. He's a solid option. You don't have to take on Baker or you know think about giving Baker a contract in the future because he's going to be up for a contract next season. So you save yourself around 30 to $35 million, And now you have a quarterback going to his second year and you have at least two, three more seasons of deciding whether this guy is going to be your future quarterback for, for you know time being. And now in that sense, they still can build around Davis Mills and they have the capital to do so. So Texans, I understand. They were going to move off to Sean. Inevitably, Deshaun and, and them had basically come to an agreement that their time together was was done with. They get their capital and they have their, their peace in Davis Mills that they feel they can build around. So the Texans are, are sorted out. Now for the Browns, you're adding Deshaun Watson to a team that we already felt was loaded with talent. Top five talented roster on paper. Now you pair Amari Cooper, who when Baker was his quarterback, now we're thinking, what is Amari Cooper's upside really? It's a big question in the air, given the fact that his last season with Dallas was full of highs and lows. Now he comes into a situation where he's about to have, in my opinion, the most skilled quarterback in the NFL throwing to him. Amari Cooper's going to have a field day as long as he can stay on the field. Now, you have Nick Chubb, who is going to be in heaven now that Deshaun Watson is his quarterback, because as if he already wasn't running rampant on every other team because he has such a great offensive line. Now there's really no way you could scheme for Nick Chubb. You can't stack seven in the box. You could do that before because who's scared of Baker Mayfield throwing the football? You're not. Now Deshaun Watson's your quarterback, and there's no guessing. There's no real scheme for the Browns right now. You can't predict one to pass. You can't predict them to run. They're just going to be versatile because, one, Deshaun Watson is a mobile quarterback, and he can do it with his legs as well. And he is one of the best passers, if not the the best passers in the NFL. He's that great of a football player. Now, I still I would like them to add another wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones is good enough to be a wide receiver too, especially with Deshaun Watson being the quarterback of the team. He's that talented. But I would still like to see them get another option. Right now, given the fact that they just gave Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed, it's going to be tough for them to do so. Correct. That's $230 million guaranteed. It was fully guaranteed. Yep. That is crazy. That alone is insane. Well, well I, deserved in your eyes. Oh, please. listen, without a doubt, when he's on the field, again, <coughs> allegations, all these things aside, solely talking football, this guy is amazing. A 10 out of 10 ball player. He is fantastic. I'm looking at the Browns completely different now. This isn't a team that's led by Baker Mayfield. This is a team now led by Deshaun Watson, who when he's on the field, can do everything perfectly. Last season, the last season that he played, 70% completion percentage with attempts of eight, I think it was 8.5 yards per attempt, only happened four other times in NFL history. And his team only won four games. This guy's as talented as it gets. The Browns have to be looked at as looked at as Super Bowl contenders. 
and this was an excellent move by them. For me, you're right. Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. Coming off of 2020, I would have probably ranked him as a top five quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. I'd hope so. Mahomes is better than him right now. Josh, Not after that choke job we just saw from him. Oh, yeah, the choke job where he threw a, a dime to his receiver, but it was tipped dime? up and intercepted in overtime. It was a dime. Was watch, the, watch the tape I back. I've seen watch it. the tape back. I see it because it was tip, it's one it of the was, happier it was, moments. It was swatted, and then it got picked off. You know, that's unfortunate. Swatted by the corner that was originally playing ball on him. It was a, it was a good ball, though. Eh. Josh Allen is better. In 2020, we can have that this, conversation. No, it, it's not a conversation. Josh Allen is better. Yeah, recency bias. You haven't seen. Deshaun. It's not recency bias. I just think Josh Allen is a better player. When they He's played one v one, who got the better? Josh Allen's way better than he was at that moment, though. Yeah, Josh oh, Allen. Sure. Josh Allen almost for beat sure. Deshaun Watson in the playoffs while they were when at he home. wasn't even a great quarterback. He was an average quarterback at that point Fact. in time. Who, who's who? Josh, Josh Allen? Allen was average. In 20, at that point. Deshaun. Deshaun. In 2019, he was no, no. In twenty nineteen, Josh Allen was average. Again, the score was sixteen zero. And Texans won, but he's saying okay, Allen right. was average. Pardon me, he's saying Allen was average at no, the time. No, sure. if you're going off, if you're going off that logic, how can you possibly say Deshaun's better than Mahomes when he blew like a twenty-eight? He definitely did. They were different that season. Okay, come on, <laughs> they were blowing a twenty-eight-zero lead. They won the come Super on. Bowl that year. Come on, twenty-eight-to-zero lead. They won the Super Bowl. That's worse than the Falcons, bro. In the they Super Bowl. came back from double digits every single game they played. Okay, regardless, this is my list. I don't really want to hear yours right now. <laughs> Mahomes is better. Josh Allen is better. Justin Herbert is better. In Jesus, my opinion. man, what like what are you watching? What do you mean? What are you watching? <laughs> Justin Herbert had the most touchdowns in Good his first him. two seasons of Good any quarterback him. in NFL history. God bless him. He's better than Deshaun Watson. He's not. I probably put Deshaun Watson fourth. I might be missing a guy or Aaron two. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is better than him. So Eesh, no way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> So Deshaun Watson is probably the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. Unless you, if maybe you want to put Brady over him, or you love Kyler, but you think Deshaun's better. Deshaun right? for okay. sure. So Deshaun is probably the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. In your opinion, I think it's probably a fact. I'll be honest, but yeah, sure. In my opinion, yeah, I guess yeah, it is my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I will say this because you had Josh Allen over Mahomes a couple weeks ago. I, I've already said multiple times you're one A one B. Listen, so if I'm I with if you on I say statement. if I say Mahomes is better one day and I say Josh Allen is better the other day, you know what I mean? Because I've always said they're one A one B to me. I don't me. like that. They're the same, bro. Like <laughs> I'm I really Josh I, Allen. Okay, that, that's you. I'm happy. <laughs> so for what you, you have Watson at what two or one? For me, talent wise, he's number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you right. giggling? Because it's just ridiculous. Reading just say he's re- num- just say he's number one, bro. He's number one. Just say he's number one. So he's no, the best just say he's the best quarterback in the league if you feel that way. I do feel that way. Okay. So you go. think Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in the NFL? For sure. Okay, I'd rather you say that than say this talent thing. Because we know he doesn't have a stronger arm than Mahomes or Allen. He's not he's, a better runner than accurate. Allen. He's not. Uh, he might be a better runner than Allen. What? Not, not in terms of contact. He, what do you mean? Because Josh Allen Josh eats Allen contact. Is a, come on, bro. All right. Let me just get back to this he's analysis. Allen. Dude, he's a freak. Josh Allen is a freak of nature. Deshaun Watson in 2020 had one of the best quarterback seasons I've ever seen in my lifetime. And he was playing with virtually nothing on the offensive line. Because people love to throw out like he was playing with nothing, but that's not really true. Brandon Cooks is a great receiver. Will Fuller is a great deep threat. There were Randall Cobb was a good slot. There were times that year 
where guys were hurt, like Fuller, like Cobb. He got suspended. And he had a count on Kiki Kute and Chad Hansen, and he still played well. And those are the games I'm like, oh, wow, like Deshaun has no offensive line, nothing at all, and he's playing well. But it's not like he had no weapons. The defense was just horrible that season. The Browns offense now has Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, Peoples-Jones. They signed Jakeem Grant, Njoku, Wills, Batonio, Nick Harris, who I know they cut J.C. Treader, but Nick Harris, I know it's limited snaps, but he played 67 snaps last season. He was pretty good at center. Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. This is the first time in Deshaun Watson's career where he's going to have an elite running game and an elite offensive line. Nick Chubb last season had over 1,200 yards, and he was hurt. Eight touchdowns, had five and a half yards per carry. Knowing Kevin Stefanski in his offense, it's going to be a lot of play action. It's going to be a lot of easy stuff for Deshaun Watson. But he's also going to ask Deshaun to make some big-time plays, which we know he's more than capable of doing. So I'm interested to see how good the offense is going to be. With that being said, I, I think it's hard to project the Browns going into next season on the sole fact that we are not sure what the suspension number is going to be because I'm pretty certain he's going to get suspended for how many games. I think Jacoby Brissett, that they, they brought him in, he can, if it's a five-game stretch and it's two and three, it's like good teams, he can get you two and three or three and two. I agree. If it if there are bad teams, they could start five and zero. Oh. Like Jacoby Brissett's not a bad quarterback. Yep. I would say maybe even like four and one if they're bad teams and they do have a bad schedule. The teams that were in on Deshaun Watson, the Browns face all those teams this upcoming season. The Texans, the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers. That's exciting. He's facing all those teams, and all those teams are not good teams. If they okay. faced him in the beginning of the year, even if it's Brissett, he can win all those games, in my opinion, with how loaded this Browns roster is. They still have holes. You mentioned it. Wide receiver, two, Defensive tackle is still an issue. I like Chase Winovich. I think he can be that guy um, opposite of Miles Garrett, but he was hurt last year in 2020. He did have a good year. He had 47 pressures. I think if healthy, he can complement him very well. But there are some holes there still. I think for the Texans, they didn't want a player back because the player they were probably going to get was like Denzel Ward. They would have had to pay him Damn. five years, $100 million. I don't think the Texans are in a position right now where they want to pay any player. They just want to start this roster out fresh, <coughs> build through the draft, and upgrade their talent that way. I That's why I think they it was just picks. And you're right, the Broncos gave up for more, more for Russell, but Russell isn't facing 22 civil suits. 100%. Like Deshaun is still facing that. Mm-hmm. So that's still a, a, a big-time risk. And as for the Falcons... I thought the Falcons were never in a position to try and trade for Deshaun Watson anyway. Their roster is too bad. They didn't have cap space. They would have really gave up all the future draft capital they had. And Deshaun Watson would have been virtually in the same position with Atlanta that he was in Houston. Yeah, probably even worse. And people talk about, oh, Atlanta would have had all this cap space. Well, you take into account the cap number Deshaun now accounts for, which is like 40, 50 million. Mm -hmm. No, they wouldn't have. You know, because it would have been a lot of money thrown at just that one position. I don't know if it would have been worse than Houston, given the fact they won seven games with virtually the same roster. Just add to Sean, you understand what I'm saying? So that's why I don't know if it would have been like Houston. If I'm not mistaken, is isn't really going to be traded. Uh, they only really just got Kyle Pitts. The defense is still in trouble. That's a, that's you're, a pretty right, bad roster. But, uh, there was a report that came out that if Deshaun Watson did go there, mm. 
Jarvis Landry was going to sign. And another name, too, popped up. It was Jarvis Landry and somebody else that were going to sign with Atlanta. If that happened, Landry I think... I, and I they forgot just brought who back Cordero Patterson today also. Yeah. I've and he took that. less money. Yeah. So... Well, he's 30. He's a beast. He was a oh, yeah, beast he's, last he's season. He's great. So I think Atlanta wasn't in a position to trade for him. Um, the Browns, you're right. They're Super Bowl contenders. There's no doubt about that. Um, but that being said... I have to see what happens with Deshaun Watson's suspension. For sure. But he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I said, I'd rank him five. And I, I think, I feel like, you know, we might be prematurely leaving out Lamar um, in this conversation. Tom Brady's also coming back. But at this mm-hmm. point in time, you're taking Deshaun over Tom Brady, given the age factor and just what he can do uh, mobility-wise. So those are all things, but if Lamar Jackson has an MVP level season this upcoming year, mm-hmm. I mean, I I probably have Deshaun Watson outside the top five, but there's no doubt he's an elite quarterback. Reason why I say number one talent wise and not number one overall is because accolades get brought into it automatically. People say that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league because he's been to four straight AFC championships. He has a Super Bowl MVP. He has a Super Bowl championship already. He has an MVP already. So that's why there's levels to it, why people will look at it from the outside. Look, for sure. First season as a starter through 50 touchdowns. But Deshaun, in, in my opinion, taking everything into account, I look at that guy and I just think I don't want anyone other than Deshaun Watson as my quarterback. You say that, though, but like I think it's pretty much consensus that Mahomes is more talented than him. But at what, though? <laughs> He's not more accurate than well, him. Well, ta- talented, well, you're, right now you're He's talking- not smarter than him. How, how can you measure that? In terms of reading a field, his completion percentage is outrageous. So you think completion percentage has to do with IQ? To a sense. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty much consensus that Mahomes and Allen are more talented than Sean Watson. If you don't, if Allen, you don't we, can that, have, we can have that conversation. I think Mahomes is more talented than Allen. I can't agree. I mean, you're talking about accuracy. You're talking about skill right there. Mm-hmm. For one, Mahomes is still one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He is one of the more accurate, yeah. With that being said... Talent is who's more physically imposing and who has more physical traits. I look at Deshaun and I think Deshaun does not have more more physical traits than Mahomes or Allen. Definitely not Allen. Or Herbert. How so? Or Lamar. What do you mean how so? In terms of extending plays, Deshaun is as good as anyone in the league. These three guys are too. In terms of putting a ball where it needs to be, Deshaun is amongst the best. Who has a stronger arm out of Mahomes, Allen, Josh? Allen, without a doubt. Who had ranked them? I would Deshaun go, Watson, Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes. Who has the strongest arm? Strongest arm, I'd go Allen, I'd go Mahomes, I'd go Deshaun. Deshaun has a stronger arm than Herbert. Mm. That's not even a question, bro. It is. <laughs> it's not, it's it not is. a question. It's, it's really not a question. Again, we, we forget because Deshaun hasn't been on the field in a year. No, I haven't forgotten. Deshaun is a bad his, man. I just watched his tape today. And, Talk to and him. you weren't impressed? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not impressed. Dude, but this we're guy talking, is a generational we're talent. We're talking about arm talent only, bro. For, correct. And Matthew Stafford had a stronger arm than Deshaun he, Watson. But this guy's meticulous with the with his ball placement. Okay, but like um, we're just talking about talent. Like, and he still has about, the arm strength that's to why fit in any if window. You, if you look, I have no if you want to say Deshaun is the more skilled out of all these guys, correct. I really don't care about you saying that. That's what but I'm saying. But when you say talent, that's a different thing. Talent and skill are synonymous. No, it's not. It's not synonymous. Talent yeah, and skill is. is not synonymous, bro. To a degree, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not, bro. You don't mm-hmm. think so? Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley is one of the more talented players we've ever seen, but he wasn't. He didn't have much success. That he could be very talented and not be super skilled. There you go. That's now I was waiting because you're saying he didn't have success. So how is it synonymous then? Talent and skill are basically the same thing. I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. If with you're that. talented, you have a lot of skill. No, that's not true. 
what is Drew outside? Locke? Is Drew Locke not one of the more talented mm. arm throwers? Like no, he, ha- he has a powerful arm. Drew Locke you can had- have a strong arm and not have it like a. a I don't even know why no, that no. name would come was up. It, no, this was thing. It the, Allen coming into the league talented, but he didn't have the skills yet? He was raw. Yeah, he was raw. Exactly. It took him time. That's why it took him time. Yeah, he was one of the most talented, but he wasn't skilled yet. He was still raw. But so yeah, we're saying Deshaun isn't talented? No. Or why, as talented? Why? No, we're saying that's what I'm saying. He's not he's as talented. talented. Correlate. We're saying talented. Yeah, I, do think, I do think they correlate. but That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Mahomes is more talented than Deshaun. So is Allen and so is Herbert. But I don't understand. Because they have a stronger arm, they're more talented? I think it's more things. Well, with with Josh Allen specifically, and Josh Her- Allen, hundred percent, no, we can and, really and talk. And Herbert can't. They're <laughs> both six can't. five. They're both six five and have some of the some of the powerful arms in the NFL. How, how tall is Deshaun? He's six two. Let's see. Don't take forever. Oh my bro. god, you don't even he know his height. We're talking about talent. Okay. You don't even know about height. What does, what does that have to do with but him ta- ta- and his, talent his ability? Is, height measures into talent. It's your physical measurables. That's what talent is, bro. <laughs> yes. Talent is your physical measurable measurables. Okay. Uh-huh. Like Tom Brady wasn't the most talented, but he became great off of skill. You can be you can be not the most talented, but still be great because of skill, and you can be bad and be talented. Drew Locke is a talented player, but he's not good. I don't think Drew Locke's talented. He is talented. He has a very strong arm. His arm is powerful. He just doesn't hit his receivers because he's inaccurate. <laughs> but his arm is powerful. He has one of the more better arms, but he's not great. Interesting. He's not skilled. Interesting. <laughs> I hate what do you got to say, Rick? I hate when he does that interesting thing. Hi. Well, um, since everybody was throwing... Yo, welcome the, back, man. Here we go. Everybody Dave was throwing their little list. You know, for me, I feel like Mahomes is number one. Allen is number two. It's a basic list. Then I go Aaron Rodgers right at list. three. Okay. I, I would I like put that. Deshaun at four okay. and Herbert at five. I think those two, you know, you can flip or flop either way. But I would put Deshaun at four I like that Herbert list. at five. But Aaron is at three for me. So That's fine. For Cleveland, I don't want to go... A, like say they're Super Bowl contenders yet because like you said we don't know how many games she's going to be suspended for they still have a lot of holes in their offense and in their defense so it's tough but from looking at it from right now Cleveland just got the best quarterback in their division already you know I think that's a great thing to do I think getting that quarterback because last year you saw Bacon Mayfield he was dealt with a lot of injuries they were pretty much underwhelmed for most of the year but they were still a talented team but what was holding them back was Baker Mayfield being hurt and just him not being at his best. I think Deshaun Watson solves a lot of problems for them. He definitely helps them. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, of course. And then now you brought in, before you even got Watson, you brought in a consistent receiver in Amari Cooper, who we've seen can break off some big-time numbers, can have some big-time games. You know, he's played with a couple quarterbacks in his career, but he's, he's shown the, the production that he can be really good. So I think that pairing them two, I mean, like you said, Nick Chubb, He's one of the best running backs in the league. So now you got a three-headed dragon where you can really do some damage Can't. on defense. You got, in my opinion, one of the best man-to-man cornerbacks in the league in Denzel Ward. He's only 25 years old. Miles beast. Garrett is one of the best. So it's like no this team is not only young, but it's like they're, they're elite players at a lot of positions. So I think Cleveland did the right thing. They realized they were a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. And they pulled the trigger. You essentially gave everything up in draft, but it doesn't really matter when a player like that. And I understand they had to do more for Watson because of Russell, because of the allegation, but also because Watson is a better player at this moment in time than Russell Wilson. So you have to give up more for the better player, in my opinion. For Texans, Davis Mill played good last year, you know. So I, I think at this point, like you said, they didn't want to bring in a player they would have to pay. You know, they'd rather just start from the bottom and just draft and get all get all the draft pieces and bring everybody in and start fresh. You know, this is something that's been like 
servicing around Houston for a long time, Deshaun Watson, his allegations. So I think they just want to start clean, just bring back draft picks, get get back guys that fit their culture. And I think they just got a new head coach last year too. So I think they just want to bring back guys that are definitely in their culture, bring back something different, start fresh, start clean. Davis Mills bring guys around them. They still have cooks there. Laramie Tunzel's still there. So they still have guys there. But I think this cap, this draft capital is going to be good for them. For Atlanta, they still got Matt Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. Kyle Pitts was a great pick for he them was. last year. You know, so I think at this point they have A.J. Terrell, who's one of the best at his position, and he he's really is. young. So they got some guys, too. It's just they're in a position where it's tough for them. Like, Deshaun, that wasn't a right spot for Deshaun. It was nothing for him there. I don't think that was a smart move. If reality and ah, realistically for me, I would have chose New Orleans if it was just between the Saints and Atlanta. The Saints make more sense for Atlanta. I think they should probably try to move off Matt Ryan and maybe start fresh like the Texans are going to do. But back to Cleveland, you know, I think this is a great deal for them. Will I put them as a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. Because like I said, it depends on Deshaun. I still look at the Bengals and what they did last year, and their young guys are only going to get better. That's still a team you got to look out for. So in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's coming back healthy. So that team was banged up last year. Then I look at your division, Denver, the Chiefs, the Raiders, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I look at the Chargers, who just got dumb nice in like three days. They did. So I, I look at a lot of teams in the AFC. I wouldn't necessarily call them Super Bowl contenders, but they're definitely in the right direction moving forward. No, I agree. And you're right. Like, we have to see the Browns play first because Kevin Stefanski, there's mixed reviews on him, whether he's a great coach or he's not a great coach. <clears throat> he did win Coach of the Year, but there are still some... The verdict's not out. ...criticism about him. So that... You know, he because of that, be, we have, have to see. When you have Deshaun, like when you have a quarterback like that, I don't think you need an elite to great coach. I just think you need like a good coach. Because I think when you have a quarterback like that that's able to manage the game and have that type of ability, you don't need him to be great. You know what I'm saying? You just need good. And if you get good, got a lead coach, I think you'll be all right. And the thing is, Deshaun's great. No, so I don't have to worry I'm about with you. that. Yeah. I, I don't think he's won. You know, I think there's guys who've, like, we just seen Josh out in the playoffs. He's. He's amazing. He is and amazing. Mahomes is different. Uh, but I, I, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Mahomes has been the best. He's really for like good. the past two three seasons. But I will put you know Deshaun. He's one of the best. You know, I was just plays. looking up uh, the playoff game the Texans played with the Chiefs just to refresh my mind because I forgot how the game actually went. Was it twenty one zero? The Texans were up twenty eight to zero, I think, or it was like I think 20, it was twenty. I think it was twenty four zero. The, ga- the game finished. Out as fifty-one to thirty-one. Yeah, they didn't score much. Patrick Mahomes threw crazy. for over three hundred yards, five touchdowns. Deshaun had three touchdowns, three hundred yards. But Mahomes, Mahomes outplayed went him. nuts. Yeah, outplayed him. He definitely did. He's better. Yeah, he is. Be- <laughs> He's better. He's like better. he was better. I think the only person who's outplayed Mahomes is probably Allen in a playoff game. Yeah, realistically, and even and maybe that Brady. was like that tomato bad. tomato. Yeah, so it's like even though I think Allen played. Yeah, I think Allen. You know. He's the only guy who really went toe like you can't really say he never went toe to toe with Mahomes. You know his team was there every time. He just you know stuff happens. The Raiders traded for Devontae Adams, and Crazy. the Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Packers ended up getting two picks, one in the first round, in the second round this year. It's picks number twenty two. My brother's a Packers and fifty three. He's in pain. He's doing bad. Yeah. People talk about oh, the Packers didn't get much compensation for Devontae. But they have to realize that Devontae Adams was never going to play for the Packers ever again. Because, for one, he turned down more money from the Packers. The Packers were willing to give him more money, but he didn't want that. And he wasn't ever going to play on the franchise tag. Which means that they virtually flipped the player who wasn't going to play on their roster 
for two picks. Really good picks. And then the Raiders gave him a five-year, $142.5 million contract. Ooh. He's virtually making almost $30 million a year. We we talk about quarterbacks making that much, and we're like, we don't want to pay a quarterback that much. And now a receiver's getting this type of money. I love to see it. Would you have done it? No. No? <clears throat> I wouldn't have. Um, I think the Raiders definitely upgraded talent. <laughs> With Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, two of the best players at their position, I think they have now jumped up to the second best team in the AFC West behind the Chargers. If I were ranking it today, I think it's the Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs. Even though the Raiders and Chiefs, I think, are going to be a close second to each other. I think the Broncos are dead last, and I said it last show. And that was before they got Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. I'm, I'm worried about this move for the Raiders. I think the Packers will be just fine. They have been 10-3 and without Devontae Adams when he hasn't played. Aaron Rodgers has shown before he can get you there. They might not win it all, but they'll still be great. And I don't think they're going to not make moves. They now have two first-round picks. They can go and get a wide receiver with one of those picks. Another one, another one of those picks could be for an offensive tackle or a guard or an interior lineman. Maybe Tyler Linderbaum falls in a draft and they can draft him. That'd be interesting. I think the Packers are going to sign one of these marquee uh, free agent names of receiver, either if it's Julio or Jarvis Landry or... Maybe a Will Fuller goes there on a one-year prove-it deal. Uh I think they'll sign one of these marquee free agent wide receivers. I think Odell Beckham, if I were to give my prediction, I think Odell is going to be on the Green Bay Packers. With that being said, I look at the Raiders, and Devontae Adams is 29 years old. They just gave him five years. He has played one full season in the last three years, and that was this past season. He missed week 18 because he was resting for the playoffs. But in 2020, he missed games. And in 2019, led the league in touchdowns. No, you're right, but he missed games. 2019, he missed games as well. Devontae Adams is 29. Do you want to know somebody who led the league in receiving yards at 29 years old? A.B. I was going to guess A.B. as well, or Julio. Julio Jones. Yeah. He had 1,600, over 1,600 that year. Since then, he's dropped off tremendously. Since 1990, 38 wide receivers have been pro bowlers at age 29. 24 of them have failed to have a top five season afterwards. Only four players had four, had multiple top five receiver seasons after 29. Jerry Rice. Terrell Owens, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, and Chris Carter. I'm not saying Devontae Adams can't do it, but the, the numbers are... The numbers are against you. There's over a 50% chance that in two years, Devontae Adams is going to drop off significantly to the point that $30 million a year is going to be looked at as one of the worst contracts in the NFL. Can they get off of it at any point in time? It's all guaranteed. Let me. Well, it's I'm pretty sure it's all, all guaranteed. Bruh. Go well, ahead. You know, first of all, the Raiders, great move. You know, great, <laughs> great move. Great move. Um, you get... The best, nah, let me not say the best. Cooper Cup just bugged out. You get one of the three best receivers in the NFL. He's top two. You can say he's top two. All right. I just wanted to be safe. I, I wanted to be safe. And you I respect you respecting I Cooper. I wanted to be safe. He's one of the top three best receivers in the league. You pair him with Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller. I mean, that's a pretty scary 
wide receiver. That's a pretty great room right there. You know, Hunter Renfro is solid. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. Then you got Brian Edwards. I think he's really good. And that's going to open up the field for him now that you get Devontae Adams in. This is a this is a really and Derek Carr is really good. He is. So this is a really dangerous offense. Then not to mention Chandler Jones on the other side with Max Crosby. I like Nate's Nate Hobbs. His rookie year was solid. They lost Casey Haywards. It sucks. But I think they can still retool. That's a this the Raiders are a good team. Now, ranking them. I like Denver and what they did. I ain't going to say I, I don't. I like Denver and what Before they did. Before you keep going, yeah. 65. 51% of it is like bluff, according to Spot, spot Track. Um, 67 and a half of, of it is guaranteed. Uh, but 22 million was guaranteed at the sign of it. So, you know, and, and signing bonus. And then they have a potential out in 2025. Yeah. So he had he got 20, 20, 22 million guaranteed at the signing of the contract. And forty two point nine more million imagine, is guaranteed. Imagine waking up you to that tomorrow. You sign and twenty two million just drops insane, in your bank account, bro. Shout out to Devon. That is awesome. Like so saying. yeah, so that would mean like half of his contract is not guaranteed, which means they could get out of it. Yeah, and okay. in, in like a, in two three seasons. At the age of thirty two, you seasons. can get out of it. Yeah. Okay. Back to my uh, monologue. Denver, you guys made great moves. I do think you guys are last though, as as of right now, and not we'll to see. say not to say you're last because you're a terrible team. Not saying it's that. A stacked I, division. Yeah, I think it's just the division is really really good. Yeah, everybody has made moves. You've also made moves, but there's still some holes in in your team. I like the Raiders. I would probably put ahead of you guys right now. I would probably put the Chargers at one, but I still think I got the Chiefs at two. I think you know Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Hill. Travis Kelsey, I can't count them out, you know. So I think for them, for me, there's two. But the Chargers, the moves they made were just too, too dangerous for me to not put them one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think for the Raiders, this is a move that they they feel like they're in win now mode. This is a big move. Adams wanted to play with Carr. Carr and Adams are cool. This is offensively, this could be one of the best offenses in the league for Green Bay. I don't think this is as bad as people make it seem. Like you said, they have draft capital. They can draft some this receiver. Core in this draft looks really good. They can pick up a couple receivers. They can help out on that offensive line. Like you said, we've seen it before. Aaron Rodgers will get you there, you know, and he's still at that level where he can play at an elite level. And the defense is still really good. The defense is going to be really good. So I think they just re-signed Rodgers Douglas. He was good for them last year. They still got Eric Stokes, who had a good rookie year. And they still have one of the best Man-to-man cornerbacks in the league in Jair Alexander. So Rashawn Gary is still really good. They did release Adarius Smith, but I think their defense is still going to be solid on that end. So b- before you go, just so our listeners and viewers can know how the Devontae Adams contract is, this is the full breakdown of the Adams deal. And shout out to Philly Phil on Twitter, which this is where I'm getting it from. Philly Phil. Here's the full breakdown of the Adams deal. Signing bonus, $19.25 million. His salary for this upcoming season is three and a half million, fully guaranteed. Twenty twenty three has a roster bonus of twenty million, guaranteed for injury at signing, and fully guaranteed in twenty twenty three. Then his twenty twenty three base salary is six million, guaranteed for injury as well. In twenty twenty four, he has sixteen point eight nine million guaranteed for injury in that year. In twenty twenty five, base salary, his uh sa- his base salary is going to be thirty five million. In 2026, his base salary will be the same number, 35 million, and he's gonna get a roster bonus of 500,000 annually per game in 2022 to 2026. And basically, in reality, it's a three-year, 67.5 million dollar yep. contract. The final two seasons of it pay him 
72 and a half million that he may never get to see. And he'll be 32 at that time. And if the Raiders are probably smart, they restructure his deal. Yep. So he doesn't have that huge of a cap hit. The only way that he gets that money is if Devontae at age 32 is putting up the numbers he that he's putting up think, right now. I, I think that he will Even not still? see that. No. Because, bro, you're so, I know, talk, it's crazy, We're talking about 30 million. Yeah. I think I'm the Raiders you. are like, even if even if he's a great receiver and elite one at that point, you can't I don't, do it. I don't want to pay a receiver 30 million. And you're you're talking about a team who can, if they release him outright, they save 30 million. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, at that point, they're like, no, nah, we probably don't Doesn't do matter it. how good he is. Yeah. I think a 32 would still be good, though. I'll tell you what, this is one of the craziest news breaks that I've ever seen in my life. The only one that I can put up with this one is the Kawhi and Paul George news at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm driving home, and I see that Kawhi and Paul George are going to L.A. That was crazy. But this one's right up right up there with it. I was completely shocked. Did not see this coming whatsoever. But it makes sense, really. Devontae has been rumored to want to play with Derek Carr for the last couple of seasons now. And as the sooner we've gotten to Devontae's free agent contract, the more and more that those talks started to come into to light. But I never thought it would happen, especially with Rodgers, the way that he's been playing, the way that these two have chemistry. I never expected the trade to get done. But now here we are, and now the deal's done, and you can't go back if you're the Green Bay Packers. I'm not high on this move for the Packers. I understand what you're saying makes complete sense. They weren't going to be able to keep him, especially given the fact he was not going to play underneath a franchise franchise tag. tag. Thank you. And it just seemed as if Devontae's time in Green Bay was up. He just wanted to move on. They gave him the money, more money than what the Raiders were gonna were were willing to pay him and what they did pay him. And he just decided he wanted to move on. Now, for Green Bay, I do have my worries about their wide receiver core. Look at the playoff game against the Niners last season. There was two players targeted. Three, actually. The tight end got targeted one time. It was Devontae Adams got targeted nine times. Aaron Jones got targeted nine times. No one else got a target on that team. This really does worry me for their wide receiver group. They have picks 22 and they have picks 28. No doubt about it. They need to draft wide receiver with one of these two picks. If they went and drafted a receiver with both of these picks, not the worst idea, but you're 100% right. If Linderbaum's there at 22, I contemplate taking him there and then potentially taking my wide receiver at 28. Rodgers will make anyone good. He's, he's that great of a quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind. But if Jameson Williams there at 22... I'm not taking that risk. I'm taking him at 22. Jameson Williams is a special, special talent. And pairing him with Aaron Rodgers is just going to set him up for success later on in his career. But going into next season, I can't expect a rookie wide receiver to lead the team in receiving and it ultimately correlate to wins and automatically translate to them being Super Bowl contenders. Because I'm thinking big picture here. I have Aaron Rodgers coming in the back half towards the end of his career. I'm not looking at in the sense of, Oh, they just need to make the playoffs, and I can respect it. You didn't sign this contract to to compete for for a playoff spot. You signed this contract to potentially win another Super Bowl or at least go to another Super Bowl. This move, in my opinion, completely takes that picture out for them. If they get an Odell, if they get a Julio, maybe my opinion can change. But as of right now, where it stands, where your wide receiver one is Alan Alan Lazard, I have my concerns, and and I feel like I'm justified in that. Now for the Raiders. They didn't have to do this to me. It's definitely painful. <laughs> they made an amazing move for them right now in this current moment in time. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, like you mentioned, Josh Jacobs. It's a scary wide receiver. Excuse me. It's a scary weapons room, without a doubt. They're talented. Offensively, they're stacked. Offensive line, though, they still need some you help there. You guys have the worst offense in the division. I'm going to agree with that. 
yeah. right now. It's funny because that's the that was the Broncos calling card this entire time. Which is their offense. Oh, a quarterback would love to enter this offense because the weapons are so stacked. And that, no, that they, was your that was your calling good, card. That was your room. pitch. And, uh, listen, and it's I'm the still... worst in the division. <laughs> Why are you say it like that? He's, well, what he's saying is not completely wrong. You look yeah. at it in the sense no, you have of a good room, Tyree Kill, Kelsey. Automatically, those two and you Juju. have to respect. Juju's there. Juju though. now joining the team does make things interesting. And Clyde. We'll see. He's mid. He's mid. He is mid. He's still Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams outperformed him completely. All right, I still like Ceh though. You look at the Chi- uh, the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Eckler. Austin Eckler. That's amazing. They are established, which is why you have to give them their respect. Now you look for the better, Ra- for sure. Right now they're established. You have the Raiders. Wait, 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 Colin's wait, wait. son is not better than anybody there. Yeah, yeah, I see. He's better you than t- Mike Williams. No, he's oh not. my god, uh, Mike Williams is not that good. Um, <laughs> he really isn't. Oh um, I'm looking at the Raiders. They're yeah, scary. Yeah. They're scary. I can't. They probably I, have the best. I can't role. go around it. But now Russell Wilson comes into our offense. You have Jerry Judy, Corlin Sun, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, Javante Williams. Albert O is going to show you what he's capable of this season. We have a, a solid offensive line that I don't think we're done making changes to. I think we are still going to make a play for a right tackle. Name to become at a later date. Lyle so Collins. you would rank yours where? Two, three, four? We probably right now going into it. They're last. Like you can count offensive line too. They're last, bro. I would say we're third. They're last. Who's fourth? I would say the Chargers are fourth. They have a better offensive line than you guys. Their offensive line. They have a great offensive line. Their offensive line is elite. They have better ones. Taking everything. They have better ones and twos. You. We'll see. And they have a better quarterback. They have a better running. And they have a better running back by far. Javante Williams is going to be better than him. He's going to be. But we're talking about right now. He could easily be better than him next. We're talking about right now today. Yes, but again, I'm projecting because that's what we're doing right now. I mean, if you're projecting, Herbert's going to be better than Russell. So, so hold on. So wait. So what he's saying is that he has the Broncos three off of assumptions. That's what you're saying, (laughs) correct? Off of assumptions and projection, projection off of no legitimate. Because that's what you're doing. Bad projection. You're projecting. Projecting what? You're putting the Chiefs third off projecting that the Raiders are going to be great this season. That is true. You are doing that. You are doing. Or it's because we're all projecting here. The best receiver in the NFL and Devontae Adams and. A top three slot and one of the best tight ends in Darren Waller and, and you're Josh saying the, Jacobs the, was a good back. You're saying the Chiefs, who have been in the AFC Championship game at least four straight seasons, I didn't talk about the Chiefs' offense though. I'm just saying I, I'm saying that because of their defense. They lost Charvarius Ward, which I think is a huge loss. That is the Jaron loss. Reed, Derek Nottie, not there. They didn't resign Matthew. Tyron right? Matthew's right? probably not going to be Melvin Ingram, yeah, Tyron Matthew. They he was going to get a big Reed. payday, mm-hmm. but Justin Reed's not Tyron Matthew. Yeah, no, it's going to be in no world. What Russell said was 100% right. Every single AFC West game should be primetime television. It's must-watch television every single Hope time you win we them. play. I think we will. <laughs> All right, so um, that happened. And I will say this, though. The Raiders still have to improve their defense. I think Chandler Jones and Ma- Max Crosby secondary, is mean? a great start. Their secondary, I'm not so low on. Okay. I think it's okay. Rockison is a starter. For sure, Nate forgot Hobbs they got him. is a really good slot. I think they have to upgrade that other corner. I, I like Rockison, but he's not a number one corner. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Everett, they got him from Baltimore. He's not bad. Trayvon Mullen is oh, he's average. Trayvon Morg? Mullen. No, Mullen. Okay. Darius Phillips, who's coming from Cincinnati, he played well for Cincinnati in 2020. Didn't get much uh, playing time in 2021, but he's a good corner too. And their their safeties, Trayvon Merrick and there Jonathan Abrams, they're good too. But I just really, I think their run defense isn't going to be. I think it's going to be a bad run defense. Okay. And that's why I'm worried about them right now. Their offensive line, like you said, is not going to be very good. But Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive play him. callers in the NFL because he that's what he is. You know, that's what he is. 
last year I have my concerns. I mean, you can have that, but last year I think the 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 knock on McDaniel's is that well he has Brady right that's always a knock on him. Last year he had a rookie quarterback. Last year he had no elite weapons on the outside. The offensive line struggled early. They got better as of late. Agreed. Josh McDaniels, that offense was one of the better red zone offenses. They were one of the best offenses in general. They were they were one of the best third down offenses, and that was with a rookie quarterback. So that to me tells me that Josh McDaniels, now that you have established players and you have legitimate threats, and Derek Carr, who's a great one, McDaniels' offense is all about processing stuff pre-snap and making reads that way. Derek Carr is one of the smarter quarterbacks in the NFL to handle that type of offense. So I think their offense is going to explode and be phenomenal next season with all the guys they have at their disposal. I don't think the offensive line is going to be that big of a deal come the regular season. Okay. And I think they'll draft players to hopefully fill those holes. Hopefully Leatherwood can Do be something. good because he was really bad last year. But the Raiders are in a good position. Short term, I think this is great for them. There's no doubt about it. I have some of my concerns long term paying somebody that much. Uh, but that's all depending on where Adams is in a couple years. You know, he could very well still be elite. There's no doubt about it. So it all really depends on that. But this move definitely, for me, bumps them up to second in the in the division. I think the Chiefs, taking into account the slow start they had in, uh, in 2021, the defense wasn't good. I don't know. It's like there, there's some gray area for me with that. And I think usually when you talk about teams that are dynasties like the Chiefs that go on these runs where they go to Super Bowls and AFC championships, it usually stops by the fifth year. And we're we're getting closer to that to that time mark. Yep. So this might be the season where the Chiefs do drop off, but they could very well be the best team in this division. I, I think this division, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers, Raiders, or Chiefs finish first. The only team that would surprise me is with the Broncos. If you guys finish first, <laughs> I would be shocked. For the most complete team. I would be very surprised ah, if the charge, Broncos Chargers are really complete. You think all actually. four make the playoffs? Yeah, I think all four make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> But I, the Broncos are the only team that would shock me, bro. That's Why the is only that, team. though? We're awesome. <laughs> Mid. Not as awesome as the other. Russell's going to remind everyone why he is a top three quarterback in the league. No, the, no bias aside, top three. He was number two at one point, man. That was a minute ago, though. Not I mean, really. bias it was like aside, two, three seasons. That was like that had to be like three seasons ago. Lamar, when he was, he was ne- wait, he was never better than Mah- so Mahomes, Brady, Aaron. Never when Lamar won MVP and he was the number one quarterback, the number one player in the NFL. What year was that? Twenty nineteen, correct? Did Mahomes win the Super Bowl twenty nineteen? Russell Wilson was number two. Yes, and they had Mahomes at four. He oh, was, you're talking about the, uh, the okay. NFL top 100. All right, I mean, that right. still that takes a lot into account. Um, still, okay. Bias aside, I know it's hard for you to envision a reality where you're not a Broncos fan. <laughs> you're trying to take me out of that mode right now. But if you weren't a Broncos fan, which of these four teams ranking in order would you be most excited to see play? The Broncos. I mean that wholeheartedly. I'll say the Chargers. How, for me. How many times has a Bronco fan, not just me, a Bronco fan said, if we had a quarterback, the team would be different? Of course, I'm a Bronco fan, so I'm saying that. I've said that to you guys so many times. I'm not the only one. You'll see it. You see it in every single comment section of every TikTok we post on Denver. If we had a legit quarterback, we would be a real contender, a real threat. Let's see. So now we get Russell Wilson, who is a primetime elite quarterback option. So we got to be must watch television. So let's do this real quick then. 
So the AFC West, we know is stacked. So let's rank these teams in order from the most, the team we're most excited to see watch next season versus the least excited we are to see watch, even though they're all exciting. Number one, the Raiders getting Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels now being the play caller. That's going to be huge. Number two, the Broncos, just because of the Russell Wilson addition, even though like on a consistently, consistently, I would like to watch the Chargers and Chiefs over the Broncos more, but I'm anticipating the Broncos playing. Like if it's between on Sunday, if all games are going on at the same time and it's the first game of the season, I'm tuning into the Broncos one first just to see Russ play for sure. The Broncos are number two. The Chiefs, for me, are number three because they got Juju and the Chargers are four because they Chargers are virtually going to have the same team they had last season. So I already know how that looks like. For me, the most exciting team to watch next season for the AFC West is going to be my Denver Broncos. We bring in Russell Wilson, completely change the look and the landscape of how we're projecting the Broncos season in 2022-2023 season. They've got to be number one for me. Number two, Las Vegas Raiders. You bring in Devontae Adams to pair with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Derek Carr. It's going to be an offense that is going to be prolific. They're going to be very exciting to watch. I have to give them their respect. Number three for me is going to be the Chargers. Chargers are a young team that still have to get their foot in the door of really being one of those teams that every team is is fearing when they see them on the schedule. And I feel like that's going to be them this season. And number four is the Chiefs. We know what they are. They're an amazing team who've been to the big game Every single season for the past four years, you you know what you're going to get with the Chiefs starting a season. So there, it's not it's nothing exciting other than the fact that Mahomes is box office. All right. Well, for me, I got number one. I got the Chargers. I think you know Justin Herbert is still going to be fun to watch. And then that defense, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James. Like I'm just excited to see that combination. And like you said, they have a combination of youth, and that's going to be great to see. For me, number two would be the Raiders. You know, Derek Carr, Devontae Adam. I'm excited to see that dynamic duo. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. And then number three for me is Denver. Russell Wilson in a new environment with Jerry Judy. Now he has an established quarterback, Cortland Sutton. So that's going to be interesting to see. And plus, Justin Simmons is one of my favorite players, so I actually love him. So. He's elite. And then fourth, the Chiefs. All these teams are going to be exciting. The Chiefs are still one of the most fun teams to watch on earth. But like you said, we've already seen that story so much. They're excited. We know what we're going to get. But all four teams are going to be talented. That's my roster. It's really freaking hot in here. You think so? I'm cold. I'm sweating, bro. I'm cold. Maybe it's because I have a sweater on. Maybe. But you have a sweater on too. And are you cold or hot? I'm actually in the middle. (laughs) I'm like in the middle here. I am sweating, bro. I have to wipe sweat off my forehead. (laughs) You look fine, bro. I'm sweating. Look handsome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, cuties. Of course. Uh, now now that we're finished with the football portion of the podcast, we're going to go on to the basketball one. And before we go on, we want to tell you guys that you guys can save some money if you use our promo code with SeatGeek, promo code PICKASIDEPOD. You can save $20 when you purchase a ticket if it's your first time purchasing on the app. And, yeah, you can use PICKASIDEPOD. We hope that you guys... Keep us in mind when you're purchasing your tickets. Maybe you want to go to one of your favorite team's games. You know, I know in our area, Knicks, Nets, Knicks tickets are very expensive. Nets, so I would so I would love to get a discount on definitely, some Knicks tickets. Definitely use promo code PickasidePod and you can. Thank you guys so much for supporting us in that way. Now on to the basketball portion of the show. Steph Curry got injured. 
because of his injury, I'm to laugh at him. Much of Riv. The Warriors may drop off in the standings. And Riv, not too long ago, said that he thinks the Warriors would dog walk any team in the Western Conference. But after Draymond being injured and now Steph, who's not the heart and soul of the team, but one of the more important players on that team, um, it means that they might drop off. So, Riv, what do you think about this Steph Curry injury? What do you think about how he got injured? There was some talk about that in the Marcus Smart play. I want to know your thoughts on it. So, uh... (laughs) I was at Applebee's. You know, I was watching the game. I was just—I was actually just coming off a men's league game. We just won. Oh, okay. So I'm like, you oh, know, vibes what? are up. Yeah, I'm vibes like, you know, let's up. go watch the Warriors game. You know, Boston Warriors. It's going to be a great game. You know, Boston's a really good team. They're on fire. We're getting our big three back. We're finally healthy. You know, I'm excited to see that dynamic. You know, the big four. Uh-huh. Nobody could beat us when we're healthy. So I'm walking in, and then I see it. You know, it just, I seen them limping, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. But I don't think it was a... Dirty play by Marcus Smart. I Dangerous. Agree. Yeah, but that's a part of the game. You know, he's diving for the ball. He's a hustle player. That's what he does. I wouldn't necessarily call it a dirty play. I don't think it's that. Stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? It just sucks that it had to happen to Steph Curry. You know, so I don't think. So they were talking about on first things first, it should be banned. Ah, I'm not going to go that far. Diving for yeah, a ball I'm not going to bounce. Go Come on. Say, no, it's hustling. It just it sucks. It's, it's been the, the game. game forever. So. Steph Curry's going to be out. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. My guess is he'll probably be back game one or probably game two of the playoffs. You know, this is actually maybe a blessing in disguise. Get him some rest, you know, get ready for the playoffs. But Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson have played their whole careers together. I'm not worried about their chemistry. I know they'll be fine. They know their spots at this point. They know what they're going to be. It's the other guys I'm worried about. Jordan Poole trying to figure out how to play with all three of them. He has yet to do that. You know, Kamingo, where is he going to fit with all three of them? Even Andrew Wiggins, he hasn't played with all three of them. And I think Kerr at this point, as you can tell with his coaching, he's trying to figure out rotations, trying to figure out stuff like that because this – Warriors have been in and out of the lineup. Guys have been in and out, being banged up, been hurt. So his focus on these last couple of games was just getting the rotations in order, trying to figure out who plays well with who, what rotation works with what. And it's just been tough because Dre's missed time. Then Dre finally comes back, and now Steph's going to miss time. And then before that, Clay was missing time. He was out. So it's just been tough dealing with these injuries and not being able to get that chemistry together. But my statement doesn't change because Steph Curry gets hurt. You know, I think if Steph is healthy— if Dre is healthy, oh if Clay, first of all, they haven't lost a series when they're both healthy in Mad Long. So if because of KD, they haven't been in the playoffs in Mad Long. That's true. Touche. If Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins plays, I am extremely confident in any series in the West that they can win that series. I'm very confident. I don't think any team. Are y'all even beating the Grizzlies? Are you serious? I'm being serious. Healthy? Healthy, of course. But this is best case scenario now in your world right here. Well, that's why I, did you not hear the But no, remark? let's talk about right now, Steph. We Curry. wouldn't play the Grizzlies in the first round. And Steph is gonna be back it's by the second it's round. It's gonna be the second round that you guys would play. Steph would be but back. Are you gonna trust that Steph's gonna be hundred percent ready to go? I think he'll be fine. Okay. I think he'll be fine. I okay. think at this point ankle injury is tough to immediately come back and be I think yourself. In the first round, you know, he's gonna come back in the first round. We'll play a six seed, it'll be tough. Or I don't think we fall lower than three. I think we'll I be agree. either three or two for the rest of the season. And I think that would be tough to get him. But I think right now with the way the team is playing, Clay, Dre, we got Poole, who's been exciting the last couple games. I think he doesn't need to come back and be automatic Steph Curry just in spurts. But like you said, in a second-round matchup against the Memphis or the Suns, we're going to need Steph to be the best Steph possible to beat them. But I think if he comes back and we get we got that big four, we can still beat any team in the West. 
First of all, I think the play wasn't dirty. It was Marcus Smart diving for a loose yep. ball. The injury probably could have been prevented if, if Steph Curry dived for the ball as well, you know, because he was kind of just standing up straight, and Marcus Smart was the one to hustle for it. Steph Curry didn't hustle for it. So maybe if he was the one to hustle, He's it could have it, it happened. <laughs> and all jokes aside, I hope Steph Curry is okay. Smart he literally better. kicked Clay in the head five seconds later. <laughs> He's a sick guy, bro. He's a hustle baller. I hope Steph is okay. Um, looking at the Warriors, though, they're 2-4 and four without Steph this season, which isn't horrible, given that some of those games have been without Draymond Green. Uh, they're 2-7 and seven without him in the 2020-21 season. They were 2-7 and seven without him. He's third in plus-minus behind Jokic and Embiid, second in win shares. He's averaging 25 on the year. Hasn't been his most efficient <clears throat> season, but we know who Steph Curry is. I think... The Warriors in the beginning of the season looked like this dominant team, and they still are to a degree, but they looked virtually unbeatable in the beginning of the season. But later on, I would say right before the All-Star break and post-All-Star break, Steve Kerr started experimenting with younger players and putting Kaminga in more, putting Moody in. And because of that, I think it's kind of hindered the team. I think the Warriors easily right now could have been the best team in the Western Conference record-wise and could have been right there with Phoenix. But because Steve Kerr has been experimenting with these lineups, trying to develop these young, yeah, trying to develop these younger players, it to a degree has kind of hindered the Warriors' title chances just a bit because of that. I think Kaminga has proven himself to be a player who should get playoff minutes because he can guard guys like LeBron. Guys like Tatum, yep. Jalen Brown, he can't guys guards, like Luca. Yeah, so I, I think he's earned playoff minutes. Moody right now is jumping up, right, jumping in the rotation as well because he's just a savvy player. But given Steph Curry being injured, the Warriors have the tenth easiest remaining schedule. They still have Poole, they still have Clay, they still have Wiggins. Draymond, who is the heart and soul, is back. If he wasn't here, okay, wow, they might drop off significantly. Heart and soul, man. But Draymond so, is back, and the, the bench is still very good. Now, could they drop? They very well could drop. And it it's led me to now ask or wonder about a potential Suns and Warriors second-round matchup. Mm. All year long, we're talking about them meeting in the Western Conference Finals because they were the one and two seed, the Warriors could be in a position where Utah now jumps them. Dallas is playing really well. They could, if they go on a bit of a hot streak, they can jump them as well. We could be looking at Golden State as a fourth or fifth seed in the West and now have to face Golden State in the second, I mean, Phoenix in the second round. And now you have Memphis who could they don't have, they don't have to go through any of those teams to get to the WCF. And Memphis versus an injured Warriors team could beat them. I think the Suns are the team that I see that I don't think they'll beat them regardless, unless Chris Paul is hurt. This is huge news for Memphis. So you're in the Suns are going to the finals for you now. I wouldn't say that. It's always been Suns and Warriors for me. But un- I thought the Warriors were your clean cut I, guys. I think Warriors, if they're healthy, they'll, okay. they'll make yeah. the finals. Okay. If they're healthy, they'll make the finals. Okay. All right, listen. This, you know my no change. Oh, listen, of course. I, I have to make sure me and my guy are on the same page. 
Um, you know, I never changed my stance. <laughs> oh, dude makes the name of the show. He's crazy. I can't live up to he's it. He's a crazy guy. He's funny, at least, which yeah. I'll give it to what him. What do you mean? And he's cool. The, the name of the show was called Pick a Side. Exactly. You pick side and flip the next side and then go to the other side. <laughs> but I, that's called picking a side. That's called, that's literally it's called It's not called a pick side. multiple sides. You just pick a side. You pick one side and you stand on that side until you're wrong. And then you go pick another side. Maybe we should add pick a sides. Maybe you should add like a little S there. You could do that. Pick a sides. Yeah. Well, in the Discord chat, when I'm in the voice chat with them, they tell me all the time. You know, they actually made this analysis of me. Uh, it was um when... When I'm wrong, I'm really wrong. But when I'm right, I'm really right. So you're like a hit or miss. I'm like a home run hitter. That's okay. what I am. I respect that. What are you batting? I think 600. Uh. 600. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let Timberwolves take fire. <laughs> that was a pretty it was, good that was a strong that was take. Really that was good. You guys laughed. No, we I, laughed I didn't at laugh. fifth seed, laughed, bro. We laughed, laughed at, at fifth seed. That's what we laughed at. No, you didn't. I but laughed at you laughing. Lying. Hold on. Fifth seed right now no, is reasonable. Didn't. You're lying. You guys oh, all no, laughed. We all laughed. Don't, 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 don't. When I he listened. said fifth, you laughed you with me. You put in your hands and started to laugh. But you were laughing laugh. with, don't it put that just on me, bro. It was hard not to laugh. No, I'm being honest. No, we're not going to put that just on me. I know I laughed. I had the Timberwolves like seventh. So it's like it wasn't Both that. Both of you guys laughed along with it. I laughed because of you. Right, you bullied this guy him. Guys folding. I'm folding. I'm being honest. Folding. That being said, going on to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Be nice. I'm gonna be nice because this is a this is a big loss. This is Steph Curry. This is one of the faces of the NBA. Anytime you lose one of the faces of the NBA, it's gonna hurt the league. This is not. This is nothing that anyone wants to see. We all want to see Steph Curry on the court. This is a huge loss for the NBA and all of its fans. Now, to talk about the Warriors, Curry's impact is going to be felt. You don't you don't feel confident losing a player that averages 25 points per game regardless of the efficiency this season. Anytime you're losing anything egregious like 25 points per game, your team's going to feel it, especially when you don't have another 20-point-per-game scorer on your squad. Can Clay do that? Sure. Can Poole do that? Sure. Average 20 points, The I don't feel overly confident in these guys to night in, night out, come in and be dominant scorers and you guys be okay on that side of the ball. Defensively, you guys are going to be fine so long as Draymond Green is healthy. But even still, we saw it last season. When, when Curry was not on the court, you guys were one of the worst teams in the NBA. When he comes back, you guys were were making a huge run for the play-in. When, when he was in the lineup, right, you guys were projected fifth seed last yeah. season. They went two and seven without him. Two and seven, it, which is the difference between being a playing team and not being yeah. a playing team, which is unfortunate. That being said, I look at the Warriors and I do have worries for for them dropping. I don't think they're going to drop anything lower than four. That's the absolute minimum. But in that sense, now you're playing against the Mavericks in the first round, a hungry Luka Doncic who is going to be looking into this series to want to attack the Warriors and be the one to take them out. That's not a series that if I'm the Warriors, I want to go into. Right now, I feel more confident going, who, who would you guys play if you guys went in right now? Timberwolves? Oh, t- no, oh, no, Denver. Denver. Denver's another I'd one that I'm not. I'd rather play Dallas. Yeah, at this point in time, I get it. That's just I, a better matchup. Yeah, for it's sure. Especially matchup. because you guys don't have someone that can guard Jokic. Regardless of how great Draymond no, Green is defensively, big. you have no one that has, that's an answer Right now, for the Warriors are three games up on the Jazz, four games up on the Mavs. I mean, if that, Utah yeah, when it drops to five up, yeah. and we go to four, I'll play Utah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Five. I don't know if Utah is the best matchup for you guys. I'm okay with Rudy Gobert. I think you guys could get past Utah. Uh, we can get past any. It's it's just with un. I think Curry. I'm optimistic as you are. 
I think he could come back the first round. But if you if Curry is not in round one, you guys can get the upset. problem is if we if he comes back for like a game three or four and we don't at least split the first two games, we're in trouble. Like we're in if Curry does not play the first round of the playoffs, we're you done. guys can get upset. We're it's, done. it's that simple. We're done. I don't. I, I don't agree. My worry. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Especially against a hungry Luka Doncic. Especially against Jokic, who is right now the MVP of the league. They lose to Minnesota too without Steph. What do you mean? That would well, be I, that I know. I know. I know. Like that's, you made a sound. It's one of those things that you have to think about. You have. Yeah, you like, you let can't me think. say something. You, like, you, you let, me think. let me think, bro. Let me think it about would be, it. It would without be Steph, though. Come on. A bunch of. Oh my God. What is there they probably about? would lose. Oh, how would we lose? I'm fine with Dre on Cat. I'm, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. so fine because he's he he's like a guy who likes to go out and shoot jump shots. I'm fine with that. But he can do it all. He can. You gotta give him that respect. Who's guarding Edwards? Who's Wiggins? Probably would be on him because. It's still a wait and see on what Edwards can do in the primetime moments. It's true. Time. What it's about true. D'Lo? But it's still D'Lo's going to be with It's D'Lo's a question on what Wiggins can do in the playoffs. It's a question of what Poole can well, do in the Wiggins playoffs. Well, Wiggins doesn't have to do as much as Edwards. True. No, to be for fair. sure. 100%. So. But if Steph's out, he's going to have to take a little bit more load offensively. I mean, defensively, he's always been there. For sure. So I, I think sure. that would be fine. For Minnesota's sure. a sneaky pick, though. I just have to think about it. You, with, know, you, with, you can't just say things like that. I don't like know if that. you got to think about it without Steph. They're not that bad without Steph, bro. Offensively, I do have my worries. Listen, we still overlook Curry's playmaking abilities. I don't. He does. I'm just saying, and for that fact, you're losing your second there. best for sure, which is what makes it okay. But even still, I think defensively, Curry's, you'll be able to stay in games. And then, then you know, it gets tricky in the fourth. Yeah, it gets tough. It so, does. You need Clay, Clay to continue is, to for sure. He's been slowly but surely getting comfortable back to his normal self. I agree. Poole now is going to get his minutes back. That's exciting. But in the sense of you lose the playmaking that Curry brings, you you lose that fear that Curry brings to other defenses. That is a that is a loss that just goes unspoken for for just because a lot of people underrate that about Steph Curry. The fear of we have to account for him wherever he is on the court, and that frees up so much space for these other guys. I do have my worries if he's not hurt, if he's not healthy round one. I do think you guys can lose that matchup to Minnesota. I think regardless of who you play. Okay, that's fair. What about the Clippers? Oh God! No, come on, bro. I don't think it'll get to that. I don't <laughs> think it'll get to that. Yeah, I mean they're going to the playoffs. I think the Jazz could beat you without Curry. I think the the Nuggets could beat you guys without Curry. The Mavericks could beat you guys without Curry. Minnesota got to show me. Timberwolves, they got to show me. I'll be honest, it's a great I, series. I, I'm not as high on Denver as you. I think I love Jokic, of course, but and that's a bad matchup. I don't trust anybody else on their team. I That's just, a fair point. We we saw it last season where the Nuggets had n- no second option and they still got past the Blazers. Michael Porter Jr. played. You're right. You're right. He played. You're right. In the playoffs. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I just wanted to Isn't he supposed to be coming back soon? He He's on track too, yeah. Listen, and, and we were just talking about it not too long ago. If MPJ comes back and then Jamal Murray comes back. Oh, no. Denver's, then it's a, bad, really Denver's a bad matchup in general for me. But it's, you know. I think Bones Highland has been very exciting for them this season as well. I think they're they're still a good team because the defense, you don't like, Steph Curry has improved on defense, but you're not going to, the defense is still going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Offensively, it's just, now you got to, guys got to step up. Clay has to be better and stop shot chucking everything he sees. Mm -hmm. And Poole has to be better. But I think Poole is good enough where he'll, he'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? I think Draymond, his leadership, he's going to be able to rally the guys. Is he going to be the only ball handler for you guys? Who? Draymond Green. No, Poole. You think Poole can can do that? Do what? Facilitate? He has the Bowman steps on the court. 
So it's like, okay, okay. He, he can do it. All right. It's, it's just when Clay gets the ball, sometimes he just he shoots everything, man. He's. he's I mean, that's just been his role for. No, he's. I think forever. he's got worse at it. He just shoots everything. I don't know. Minnesota. Whenever people talk about the Warriors, everybody seems to mention James Wiseman, and he just had another setback, so he's probably not playing at all this season. But I don't ever feel like he was going to have a, a huge role with Golden State this year anyway. Let me ask you guys a question. I think against the Nuggets, though, his it would have been huge to have. No, nah, Joker would have broke him down of mentally. Of course, no doubt. Let me ask you a question, though. Interesting. Playoff time. Mentally. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. Because that's, that's a fact. Um, Playoff time. Who are you playing? GP or Moses Moody? Gary Payne. Gary Payne, right? I don't think Moody's probably going to see playoff time. And Gary Payne's minutes has been have been so inconsistent, but when he plays, he's such an impact yeah. player. He's he's hurt right now. That's why. Like I think like he like for Minnesota purposes, they'll probably put him on D low and stuff like that. Like defensively, he's the best person to guard John Morant when they play Memphis because Wiggins cannot guard John Morant. Mm-hmm. He's too slow. It's very weird. John Morant is one of the quickest players in the NBA. Yeah, but like Wiggins acts like he has like duck feet sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. Got to remember, he is a wing. It's tough to 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 defend against those quicker guards. He's a quick wing, though. Supposed to, to degree, be, a quick yeah, wing. true. He's very athletic. He yeah, is. I mean, he, he is. That's yeah. been his stick since he got drafted yeah, in the NBA. He's talented. Not that much skill, just talented. He's got defensive skill for sure. Yeah, but he's mostly a guy that was talented coming out. That's actually another example. Like he coming out, he was really talented, raw. Very talented, so they said LeBron. Would yeah. you say hype? Definitely hype. Talent, mm-hmm. talent breed hype. Okay, I got you, bro. Back to the Deshaun debate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier this week there was a report that came out that Quinn Snyder might consider leaving. There's a rumor. I hated this. Quinn Snyder was rumored as a possible replacement for Greg Popovich earlier this uh, this uh, league year. Mm. Popovich now is the most winningest coach of all time in NBA history. He has more wins than multiple NBA franchises. He's a five-time champion. And his successor, which I thought was going to be Becky Hammond, she's now coaching the Las Vegas Aces. Shout out to her. So she's coaching the WNBA. That means the Spurs head coaching job may be open. Do you think that Quinn Snyder could be a great replacement for Popovich? And how likely is this to even happen? What's crazy is Quinn Snyder is like a perfect Popovich comp, honestly. Like, he gives me Popovich vibes, the way he What's coaches, that? the way he's disciplined, the way okay. he just acts on the sideline. Like he, I could, It makes sense. And San Antonio is, like, boring, kind of sophisticated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Quinn Snyder gives me that type of energy. Do I think – I think, honestly, his tenure in Utah is based off how long Donovan Mitchell is going to be there. Tenure. Wow, that's Thank exactly you. what I said as well, man. Dog. That's a fact. His his tenure. This is the smart guys, the school guys while we're here. I was going to let you rock. No, don't let me rock. Okay. Correct me. all right. The tenure – thank you. I know how to say it. But, um, yeah, if Donovan Mitchell gets <laughs> traded – Snyder's gone. That's how I feel. Like as long as Utah is where they're gonna be, even if I, I don't, I think even if Mitchell doesn't get traded, but they don't make a deep run, there's a possibility they could look in the next direction for another coach. And for San Antonio, if Snyder's on the market, what other coach realistically would be better? I don't think Mark Jackson or Kenny Atkinson. As much as I love Kenny Atkinson's development skills, I don't think he's a better coach than Quinn Snyder. So I think at that point, you got to look at it. It looks like a possibility because Quinn Snyder has been in the hot seat for a couple of years now. You know, he's been talked about. He might not be the guy to take Utah over the top as much as we like to blame Snyder, even though it's the players, but that's a 
topic for another day. I think his time there is. I don't definitely- know. You give credit to Ty Lue for doing what he's doing with the group of guys he has. If if you gave Ty Lue those guys in Utah, you don't think that'd be a different story? Ty Lue's a better coach than Quinn. My point, but you're saying it's the players that ultimately. No, but I don't think I don't think when people blame the the loss on the Clippers on Utah, I don't think it's Quinn Snyder's fault. I really don't. I think he put out the best lineups, and people like to get mad at him because he didn't adjust, but he couldn't really adjust. He didn't have the personnel to adjust, and it's like, how can you take out Rudy Gobert when statistically? They're garbage without, without him. him. So it's like, like that's why I, like, I think when people blame Snyder, it's like not really his fault, you know? But I think like his time there is based on Donovan Mitchell. So I think if he's looking at it, if he gets fired, San Antonio should definitely jump on that market for Quinn Snyder because that's one of the best coaches probably on the market at the time. But I don't think Utah should go off him. But I think that would be a good combination. He goes to San Antonio. DeJounte Murray can learn on them. Keldon Johnson, that's a good type. of San Antonio has a good, all right team where you can get a coach in there because they play hard, you know. Yeah, they play hard. Give your thoughts because I have similars to his. I think this would be great for the Spurs, and I don't think the Jazz are too far away from collapsing. I think the Jazz are a disappointing playoff run away from collapsing. I think if it's possible, they get upset in the first round in these playoffs, and if that does indeed happen, I think Donovan Mitchell asks for a trade, mm. and after he asks for a trade, depending on who they get back, because. Mitchell, it's been rumored a lot that he wants to be on the Knicks. R.J. Barrett is finishing off this season post-All-Star break. is averaging 26 points per game. If we make a run at Donovan Mitchell, I think R.J. Barrett might have to be in that trade. Mm. If the Jazz get back R.J. Barrett, I don't know. Maybe he might stay because of that. Because you now have a player who can be one of the better two-way players in the NBA and RJ, and pair him up with Rudy, you now improve defensively because he is a 6'7 wing who can defend and guard, and he's you know much taller than Donovan. You know Donovan is a better player, there's no doubt about it. No, I agree You're doing sure. that? You're giving up RJ for Donovan? Yeah, would you do that? <laughs> Be honest. I really don't know. Doesn't that's, mean Donovan's that's, a bad that's, player. That's tough for me. Because you I'd were have, just I'd have shitting to sleep. on Donovan. I, I'd have to sleep on it. And I say that because... I don't know if Donovan Mitchell, he doesn't make us championship contenders. And I don't think that given his contract, we probably can compete later on either. We'd have to build the pinpoint perfect team. Mm. And the NBA right now, I think from what we've seen in the last 10 years is a wing dominant league. And RJ Barrett right now, what he's showing is that he probably has Jalen Brown upside. So because of that, I like that. You know, would I take a Jalen Brown or Donovan Mitchell? to start my team with, I'd probably go with Jalen Brown just because of what he can do and the versatility he offers. And that's why I think Donovan Mitchell also, he's prone sometimes to get injured as well, which is not always a good thing, especially if you're in the East, which now looks very tough, like a tough conference. I I think right now the Knicks are are in a, their timetable right now should be predicated on building around RJ quickly becoming more of a point guard, Quentin Grimes getting better. I think our young core is already great as it is. Yeah. So I don't know if Donovan bringing in Mitchell is the best idea, but that's what I think could probably make Quinn Snyder stay in Utah if they do get somebody like R.J. Barrett in return. He was a part of the Spurs organization from 2007 to 2010. He, he coached their G it. League team. He got a contract extension in 2019 with the Jazz, but since then he hasn't. I'm not sure how many years it was, but... It's probably expiring soon. 
I feel like the Spurs are the perfect team for Quinn Snyder, and I think he'd be the perfect predecessor to Greg Popovich. And when looking at the Jazz and the Spurs, the Spurs, I think, have more young talent. And given their record of where they're going to finish this season, they could get a top pick. And if they do get a top pick and can land a Jabari Smith or Paolo or a Chet, they can really revamp this rebuild fast. They got guys like DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Josh Primo, who I know he hasn't played this season, but he could be an impactful player in the future. And you you have that with a guy like Chet or Jabari or Paolo. Now you're talking about a team who they're probably one more talented, really talented player away from being a legitimate threat in the Western Conference if we're talking about ceiling and potential-wise. I think the Spurs moving forward are more equipped to have long-term success than the Utah Jazz. They're both small markets where they both aren't going to get free agents. I think the Spurs might be more of a destination than the Jazz, though. So I think you know that he's kind of going to a place where he's going from a place that he has to build through the draft to another place that has to build through the draft virtually. But the Spurs are just much better equipped to build through that right now, I mean, given where they're at. Utah low-key has been a good player development place for not, a minute. Not low-key. I mean, low-key is in Quinn, like a lot of people would Quinn has come there, he's definitely helped their player development. I mean, low-key is a lot of people wouldn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Thanks for cutting me off. But that's what I mean, I'm what like. do you mean people want to know that? They went from If you ask 15 like, people outside, they probably would say no. First two seasons with Quinn, they didn't make the I'm playoffs. I'm not saying you're He's wrong. Just, you're, about to tell, you're about to tell me stuff I know. I'm just saying I'm if saying. you ask 15 people. You know what? Probably, I guess because no one cares about Utah that's what I'm in, saying. in a general sense. So local, you know what I'm saying? No one, but like, you know. So you think you guys think the Utah Jazz are like the Portland Trailblazers? Like in Dame's tenure? Just consistent tenure. playoffs? Thank you. Damn. That's consistent okay. tenure? Thank you. Um, like consistent playoffs, 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 but never really getting over the hump. The duo of Mitchell and Gobert is a complicated one because you have Mitchell who is amazing at scoring all right on defense. You have Gobert who is unbelievable on defense, but really can't stretch outside the, the, the paint. He really isn't that type of player that can do that. So, and his offensive game is limited as well. He can really only pick and roll and, and put up baskets near the rim it's tough when you don't have the personnel around them to to really do something. I think that I probably would lean with the they could be the next Portland because I don't see them winning a championship with Mitchell and Gobert being the two cornerstones unless they really do a great job of hankering down and putting the personnel around them that can allow Rudy Gobert to play his game and and not alter it too much in that sense. Yeah. You can go on your take. Oh, but ultimately, I can't. I can't see Quinn Snyder leaving until he finishes his ultimate task with Utah Jazz. In the sense of last year, they were the number one seed. They had all this expectation coming into the playoffs. They had one of the worst disappointments of last season. It's it's Uh, unfortunate truth. I know. And I understand Donovan got hurt, and he was amazing when he was when he was one hundred percent. He was lighting up the scoreboards. His ankle gets messed up. His offensive game was not as efficient as it was prior to the injury and then Gobert kind of just got lost in that that middle ground of I can't really extend beyond this that my my defense on the paint these the small ball lineups are killing Utah Jazz and it was a big personnel problem like you mentioned but Quinn has gotten that respect of being one of the better coaches in the league to the point where 
He is still coaching one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And another team who has Greg Popovich as their head coach wants this guy to be the heir apparent to Greg Popovich. That's respect to Quinn Snyder. But in that sense, I can't see Quinn trying to move off of this until he sees this through. Until he actually can feel accomplished in Utah. Donovan just got extended. For me, before going into it, it was big on if Donovan goes... Quinn's gone. But this guy signed until 2026. If Quinn and and Mitchell and Gobert can stay together, they're together till 2025, 2026. That is enough time for them to put pieces around Gobert, put pieces around Donovan Mitchell, and really contend for a chip. If I'm Quinn Schneider, I got to understand. These two pieces are going to be better for me right now than what's going to be there for me with the Spurs. You mentioned it in the long run. I could see it happening where they put a good roster around the young guys and they really get to going. DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, a Chet Holmgren, potentially a Jabari Smith, potentially a Paolo, potentially. That's an exciting young core. But I have Donovan Mitchell, who is a top 20 basketball player. I have Rudy Gobert, who's a top 25 basketball player. One of the best, if not the best defensive players in the league. We probably can agree Draymond Green because he can guard in the perimeter and he's so efficient in the paint as well. We probably agree Draymond's the best defensive player in the league. Giannis too, bro. Giannis is up there for sure, without a doubt. But there is something that Utah can build in their time frame with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And I feel like if I'm Quinn Schneider, I can't leave before I see that through. That's honorable. It is. I just what more like what what are you gonna do though? What do you like how are you gonna build around you know what I'm saying? Look at Budenhoser, right? He was on the hot seat. He had to get it done. He won a championship. Now Before people you even, completely look at him different. But they don't have a Giannis. That's number one. You don't see, you, your opinion, you don't think Mitchell can reach a top 10 potential player? No. He's not Giannis. I, I don't disagree with I'm you there. Tell you why. No, because the league is so talented and he's not as dynamic as other players. I Agreed. Think it's not, he won't be a top 10 player in the league. I think he's great in the playoffs. You know, he can perform better than a lot of top 10 players. Can I ask you, is Booker a top 10 potential player? No. no. Ooh, what are you? Is, is he asking you or me? I don't know. No, I'm not, I was saying, asking. I'm, I'm getting the landscape. No, I don't, I don't think Booker. But I don't. You don't think he can be? Oh, you didn't actually. No, well, I said, do you think Mitchell can be? And I said, do you think Booker can be? Can Booker be? Because if you think Booker can, then I feel like we can. I don't think Booker can be. A, ah, I, I think he can be. Say, I, I think he I can be. I, that's tough to answer mm-hmm. that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I don't. I understand. He's not top ten right now. No, let me say that he's not. And I'm looking at guys like Trey Young, who's probably going to jump in front. Of, he's already jumped in front of him. He's going to be in front of him. You're taking Trey Young over Booker. Yes, easily, okay. without a doubt. Okay. He's a generational. Easy. Wow. He's a generational point guard. Um, yeah, he is. Okay. So easily without. I'm looking at Zion. Zion's probably going to jump him when he gets healthy. If he can get, respect. Uh, we can I respect agree, that. We can agree I respect with that. that. I'm looking at Jason Tatum. If not, if he didn't jump him this year, he's going to jump him. Are you too. taking John Moran? I'm taking Tatum over Booker personally. I'm taking Tatum also too. Are you taking John Moran over? Booker? Not yet. I but would it say will no happen. Okay. And that's the thing. Like there's guys that are gonna come in that can put like I don't Devin know, Bo- Booker's the, amazing. The, the thing with the the two guard position is it's so easy for other guys that are more dynamic to really get ahead of these guys. He is pretty dynamic offensively. Yeah, but I think other guys are better. You know, like, like we said, Tatum. Tatum is a much better defender. He's okay. improved as a playmaker. For sure. He's a better offensive player than him. So I think like at being being at that, he's already better. Tatum, than I'm with Booker. you. Tatum, and you look I'm at Trey Young. Trey Young's a far 
more superior offensive player than Devin Booker because of his extreme. Far more. Because he, of his I'll playmaking. Give you he is. Yes. His playmaking okay. is ridiculous. Okay. His offensive game, the way he can able to create at the basket and take jump shots, his shot creation is ridiculous. So I look at Trey Young as a guy who's very superior at a younger age. So it's like, it's tough. To not be a top ten, like we need to expand because it's like top ten. It's a is lot so, of talent. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot there's so much talent in the league. Like I don't. Like Book is top fifteen to me. Like, I think he's I'm top with fifteen you. certified I'm with player. I'm with you. But I, I know Phoenix Suns fans are going to be mad. They're going to call me a hater again. You're but. taking Booker or, or Butler? Booker. I would take Booker. I as think well. easily. I don't know why I thought about it. I you know I, I asked myself that, but what do you, in sense of what? I'm but just taking you Booker. Want? I would probably want Booker. I agree wholeheartedly. But I don't think Booker's definitively better. That makes sense. I think Jimmy aside, I think what je- holds Jimmy back is his scoring. But I think everything else, he's better than Booker at Mm-mm. defense, versatility, playmaking. I don't know if he's a better playmaker. Are you taking Donovan? Or are you taking Jimmy? I'm asking the hard hitting questions today. You are. You are on point with your questions. I would probably lean. It's a tough question. It is tough. I probably... Donovan. Yeah. Book and Donovan. I'm going to leave Book and Donovan. If Butler yep. was healthy, he's had five sprained ankles this season. No, if That's Butler didn't insane. lose his jump shot, yes. I would lean the other way. But the thing is, he's so great at facilitating. His defense is great. He's a great rebounder. It's tough. He borderline can't score. Borderline. This season. He it's, started the season amazing. That's what it matters. Five sprained ankles. Yeah, it happens. I understand. I mean, five is insane. Brent Forbes scored more to him in the playoff <laughs> series. Like, it's like it's really it was tough. it was him versus. Nah, bro, I'm not NBA really hearing that, bro. I'm sorry, it's really it was, tough. True it's, or false, though, it wasn't Jimmy Butler. Brent Forbes had 60 points. He did. He did. Jimmy Butler had 58 <laughs> like, in the series. He was bro. in hell. Nah, bro, I can't get he with was. that, bro. Like right. he went much, to the finals the year much before, as, though. As, as much as like we compared Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, wouldn't have had 58 points. Like it just uh, wouldn't have happened, no I matter who was mean. guarding them. So. Listen, listen, against you might Milwaukee. Have had that in the game. Against yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Booker had two 40 pieces in the finals. He already, he, he's damn near already beat him in yeah, five quarters. Yeah. No, he beat literally in one game. He Donovan Mitchell had him. like 35 in two games in a row. He's already had it. So it's like, it's tough. You're taking Donovan over Jimmy? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Take, I'll take both of them over Jimmy. What about you? I'm taking Donovan over Jimmy. <sighs> I think a healthy Jimmy, I probably would lean Jimmy. It's just, like I said, if Jimmy five didn't lose his jump shots, if he didn't lose his jump shot, man. Fake. Yeah. He still has a mid range. He just goes and tries to draw fouls nowadays. Like, is versatile, versatile player though. He's, he's a great he's, facilitator. He's a really great also, it's just the league is catching up, man. You need to score. I'm not not disagreeing. And he's a wing, but he's like the weakest wing out of the wings. The you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Tatum, PG, Kawhi, LeBron, Kevin Durant. He's like the because he can't score. He still they, made it to a, a finals, and he beat Tatum. I get it. But Bron Dragic was the leading scorer in that playoff run. Oh my God! Do you hear that? No offense to Dragic. God damn. Jimmy Butler did take it to another level, though. He had he no, had games where he no, in the finals. He was he incredible. Great. But I'm saying like without Goran Dragic, he wasn't there. Goran yeah. wasn't there. Even Tyler Hero has some moments. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Like Miami he, had a great run. Look at all them wings. He's the weakest scorer by far. Yeah. Even um, even Brandon easy. Ingram's a better. Not saying he's better, but he's a better scorer than Jimmy Butler by far. So it's like. It's tough, man. I got you. Before we go on to the next segment, a quick word from DraftKings. College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. 
It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Robert Woods just got traded to the Titans. I knew it happened during the segment, and I was going to – we have to talk about that. That's a huge move. That's a big-time move. He just got traded. I'm not going to lie. I am upset. Why? I have Robert Woods in my dynasty league. I did not want to see him go there. <laughs> I did not want to see him What about to the Jets? There. I would have loved that. So, Riff spoiled it. So, breaking news. Robert Woods. What do you mean, Riff spoiled it? <laughs> <laughs> they was already talking about it. I got it they from might the already Discord. know. They yeah, probably, they, I got they it from the Discord, bro. By the time this happens, everybody's going to know. So, breaking news. Robert Woods has just been traded to the Tennessee Titans, and they gave up a 2023 six-round pick for Robert Woods. Good deal. In in my opinion, I think Tennessee hasn't been having the greatest offseason um, because they didn't make splash moves, at least in the first two days. But then Tennessee went out and they signed Austin Hooper on a one-year deal, which is huge. I think Austin Hooper can fill that John U. Smith role. He played in an offense in Cleveland where it was run-centric and he had to block a lot. So I think he's a perfect scheme fit in Tennessee, and he's somebody that has that has high upside as a receiver now that he's paired up with a quarterback that is not Baker Mayfield. I think Tannehill is better than Baker Mayfield. Agreed. And now you get Robert Woods. I think Julio Jones was a great big-time name. I think Robert Woods is a better scheme fit. With the Rams, we've seen him. At least Sean McVay has used him as a tight end. He was that blocking wide receiver for them. He would open up lanes for running backs. And now you go to Tennessee where... They're a run-centric offense. They're going to run through Derrick Henry. You now have Robert Woods, who's arguably the best blocker at the receiver position in the NFL. He's a perfect scheme fit. He's a route technician. He has great hands. This is a great big-time move for the Titans that now has an offense that features A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Derrick Henry. I have my concerns about the offensive line. It wasn't the best in pass pro last season. They lost Roger Saffold. Saffold was a big reason why they weren't good in pass pro because Saffold was god-awful in pass pro. But their offensive line still has some holes. They need to get better. But this is a perfect scheme fit for them. I think it. this is exactly what they needed in their offense. I do like this move for Tennessee. They needed a wide receiver, too, pretty desperately to pair up with A.J. Brown to get him a little bit more open space. This was a great addition. Again, like you mentioned, he's one of the better Pass blocking, run blocking, wide receiver options there is, especially on a screen when with to Cooper Cup. Robert Woods was always in front of him, setting the setting the screen right in front of him. He is one of the better blockers at the wide receiver position. Excuse me. I think this definitely is what Tennessee needed. They needed a little bit more versatility on the offensive side of the ball as well. Coming off a torn ACL, that's always going to be a concern for for any player coming off an injury as as gruesome as that, but I think for what Robert Woods can bring to the Titans, I think he fits perfectly. You have AJ AJ Brown, who is 
really a Swiss Army knife, can do anything for you on a football field in terms of the wide receiver position. You have Derrick Henry, who's one of the best, if not the best running back, in my opinion, he is the best running back in the league, especially at running through the tackles, running through players. You're going to have Robert Woods on the outside setting the block for you on those corners, just going to open up more holes for you. And you just can't forget that Robert Woods is still one of the better wide receivers in the league, especially at the wide receiver two position. He might be one top five wide receiver twos when he was healthy. He's that he is that great of a talent. I think that you bring him now to 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 help Tannehill open up the field a little bit more. It's exciting. For me, I think this is a good move because I think like Julio Jones last year, like you said, big name. Everybody loved it. AJ Brown, he was all excited, you know, his idol was playing with him and everything. It just didn't work out. Julio was banged up and then when he played it just wasn't it wasn't right. You know, I think Robert Woods at this point in time you can arguably make the case that he might be better than Julio Jones. He's really good. He's somebody Spicy. who's who's coming in. He's going to definitely help. And then A.J. Brown could finally, I think, take that. Because I don't think he's fully taking that step yet into elite status yet. And I think he has that ability. So I think this could be the year that he finally embraces that full number one role, becomes that elite receiver. But you mentioned it. Those, those two there, now you still got Derrick Henry. The offensive line still needs help. But so far, so good. Like you said, after having a bad couple of days, they've made some solid moves. I mean, if Titans fans are looking at this move from a uh, – Bird's eye view, scratch the 2021 season. Look back at 2021, the offense was amazing. You had Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, of course. I don't even I don't even have to really mention Derrick Henry, but just the weapons-wise. Robert Woods is better than Corey Davis. Oh, for sure. He's better than Corey Davis. Austin Hooper is just as good as Jonu Smith. If you, if you ask me what I'd have, what I'd rather have, A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, Hooper, or Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Janu, I'm going with this variation of talent. You, for sure. So this is why I think it's a great move. And a, a six-round pick, that's nothing. It for isn't. a guy who can play at a Pro Bowl level, he had a 107.9 passer rating when targeted. And Ryan Tannehill last year, despite having a statistically down season, was not a bad quarterback. He would. You can argue that he really went through the most, went through the most turmoil offensively than any quarterback in the NFL. A.J. Brown being in and out of the lineup. Same thing with Julio. Derrick Henry goes out. Deontay Foreman has to now be the lead back. He had no option at tight end. The pass pro was awful, and he still made it work, and he still was a competent quarterback. So hopefully with this move, he can get back to playing at his 2020-2019 level, and the Titans can make a run. I think this now puts them in position to win the division. This move specifically? Yes. Interesting. Okay. I think it does. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does. Okay. I mean, the division pretty I, much stinks. If the Colts can get a quarterback, a competent one, and then, and then they can get a wide receiver, a legit one, I probably would put the Colts over the Titans, but I think this move as of now probably cements them over you don't like, to uh, be the favorite. Again. You don't like Pittman Jr.? They need another one. They weapon. need another one. Okay. Their last, last season, their number two, had under 400 yards. That's horrible. I like Pittman. I'm going with I'm going with the Titans. When we spoke about it, when we did our AFC South, AFC South preview. Yes, correct. That's yeah. yes. I'm sorry. I'm just drawing the ill blank. Yes, when we did that preview, I had the Titans being my top team. Jaguars are intriguing. We spoke about that. They are intriguing, but I still have my reservations about that. We have to see how Trevor Lawrence comes out in year two. That that assessment can be done very fast, depending on how he starts the season. But you cannot doubt what the Titans have done, especially off last season where. Week in, week out, we were questioning what they were doing, and they ended up being the top seed in the AFC. A disappointing end to their season, and unfortunately, that was because Tannehill wasn't at his best. 
ultimately, I think that you still have to give them that courtesy and that respect of them being the top team in that division. I was high on the Jags, then I became low on them because I think their linebackers are awful. <laughs> Losing Miles Jack was bad. Yeah, and I think that the defensive line isn't very good. If they draft Aiden Hutchinson, I probably may change my mind. But then again, then I'm banking on a rookie to change well, an entire defensive got, line. Well, Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson is exciting. Yeah, Josh Allen, Hutchinson, Fadakasi. Like, that's good. Yeah. But their linebackers are bad. Their safeties aren't good either. Yep. Um, so there's like coals there that I'm kind of got good a little corners bit, if um, they want to play man to man, but that's definitely gonna benefit the safeties to a degree, but yeah. So that took us off track a little bit, but onto the basketball talk. The Dallas Mavericks, they've been great as of recently. Ever since the Spencer Dinwiddie trade, fun fact, since the trade happened, the Mavericks are ten and three, which is the best record in the NBA since they traded Chris Porzingis. I remember when we talked about the trade, and I told you guys, this was perfect for Dallas. Spencer Dinwiddie is exactly what they need, and I think they'll be better without Porzingis because all season long, they've been better in guard-heavy lineups that featured virtually small small ball lineups as well. Watching these lineups play, watching them play together has been awesome because the other night, they started Brunson, Dinwiddie, and Luka all together. And it's kind of them just going at each other, hunting matchups. And I think we've seen in the NBA that that works in offense. We saw an OKC in 2019 where they had Chris Paul, Shea, and Dennis Schroeder. That three-guard lineup worked very well. I think we're seeing the same similarities right now in Dallas. You have Luka is the main guy. Brunson is the second. Dinwiddie's the third option that comes in and now creates offensively. He's been very efficient from three because... He's not hunting for threes. And in Washington, he was kind of, he had to be more of a playmaker, which is why he didn't always get the shots he wanted in Dallas. He's getting a lot of open spot up threes, which he's shooting 38% on. Also, whenever players come to close out on him, he usually uses that as an opportunity to go and drive and attack the basket. He's one of the best finishing guards in the NBA at 6'5". He has a height. He has a length. And his stats with the Mavericks, he's averaging 17.5 points per game, three rebounds, four assists, shooting 49% from the field and 40% from three in 13 games. That's a pretty good sample size. I thought Davis Bertans would be better, but he hasn't been that great of an addition. I think this trade was mostly like Porzingis for Dinwiddie. And even that, to me, I think Dallas still won that because Dinwiddie is really proving to be a a big-time player for them. They're the fifth seed, four games behind Golden State. They could go on a run. They have the fourth easiest schedule in the NBA I don't know. I really like Dallas. I like Dinwiddie. And I told you before the season that he's better than Gordon Hayward. He just had to be in the right situation. I'm not going to acknowledge that. (laughs) (laughs) not going to acknowledge that. I'm going to move on from that and talk about Dinwiddie. He's been playing amazing. You know, he's in a new environment. He got traded because clearly he couldn't be the point guard over in Washington. He's finally back into his role, which we've seen him thriving. That six-man, that kind of third or second guy, just another guy who comes in, does his job. Like you say, he's shooting 40% from the three-point line. He's been efficient in his time in Dallas. He's been solid. Luka Doncic is showing the ability to kind of play off ball a bit, which we had our concerns kind of before this year. Can he be an off-ball type of player? He's shown that ability that he can do that. That three-guard that three guard tandem has been impressive. There's one them game, and it's been really clutch. And I think the fact that, you know, I know that the, the – we talked about Jalen Brunson and his time might be up there. You know, his contract's being up this year. But 
Spencer Dinwiddie playing is good. I think you know they should try to bring Jalen Brunson back and maybe if he continue this three guard lineup because like you said, Chris Paul and Schroeder, that was one of the clutchest lineups in the NBA, and it was in they didn't have a Luca. You know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of their cap, their ceiling in the playoffs was they didn't have that type of guy. Now they have Luca, and I think this trade. Like we like, I think it, it needs to be said. Dwight Powell, since the fact that he's been amazing at the five, and his ability to pick and roll with Luca kind of made Porzingis more expendable because he's a much better defender for them. He's a much better roller for Luca, and on top of that, he's a better finisher at the rim. So I think him being better, him being finally healthy, that's also helped them kind of move off of Porzingis and help them be better with that lineup. And then of course, Finney Smith, his ability to hit three point shot, his ability to defend, play the three and the four, sometimes the five and two. So I think like this, like you said, Dinwiddie, it was basically Porzingis for Dinwiddie. They can throw in Bertans. When he does get in, he does hit shots. So they could throw him in if they wanted to. But the Dinwiddie for Porzingis trade was perfect for Dallas because they really essentially got somebody that fit their system. And now he's playing much better in his role. I understand what you guys are saying about the three-guard lineup, but I think of it from this sense. Dimwitty is getting $18 million on average until the end of 2024, which, which from the way that he's playing, that's a fantastic contract. Let's be real. $18 million I mean, for Bert's a player that's 15. Yeah, that hurts. That's not the best, truthfully. Not at all. But you now you really want to look at it from that sense. You're giving Bertans, who's barely giving you any production, $16 million, but you're giving Dimwitty, who's giving you 17 a night on 49% shooting and 40% from three, I'd be more willing to to stick around with that contract till 2024, and this gives me a little bit more leeway with Jalen Brunson. Yes, Jalen Brunson has been fantastic for them with his with his role right now, but if you can go out and upgrade from Jalen Brunson, I would be looking to do that. You have Dimwitty who saves you some money in that side of 18 million. That's a huge contract to have on your on your roster. You have Luka Doncic, obviously, who is the cornerstone, the main piece of this team. You go and you can upgrade from Jalen Brunson. Potentially, I, I keep saying this name over and over and over again, and, and we disagree on it, but you can go in and you bring in a Bradley Beal into this situation, someone that can also score on top of it. I'm still looking at that, and I'm intrigued. You don't necessarily need Bradley Beal to be anything more than what he is, a scorer. And that is that is an improvement off Jalen Brunson, and that's just the truth of it. You think Dinwiddie wants to play with Bradley Beal again? <laughs> I don't think he looks... This is how I would look at it. Bradley Beal would not be the best player on the team. You would have Luka Doncic, who was facilitating and running the offense. And he, Luka, who already has sample size with Dinwiddie, who has shown him, I can be successful in your system. I'm sure that Luka is going to respect the respect Dinwiddie in that well, sense and still give him the rock. Want to, first of all, he's going to get a super max. Why would you want that contract when Brunson and Dinwiddie give you the same thing, maybe a little bit even more production than Bradley Bill? Take it easy. You're not getting more production from it's two, two of them combined. They, you're think about two of them. Come on. See, but that's the thing. I'm already telling you, Dinwiddie's going to be along for this ride. But Jalen Brunson's going to be the Bill's going to get gonna paid be, more than both of them put together. But you're already set on Dinwiddie till 2024. That contract's already set. But that supermax is insane, bro. But the thing is, he's probably going to get. Is it going to be a sign trade guaranteed? Can we stop talking about Bradley Beal like he's this missing piece to a team's championship aspirations? Don't say we. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily. I mean it from this side of things where he's the best available free agent. If we're going to go on well, the Zach list, Zach is of, actually the best. Available. But the thing is, where he's going to stay in Chicago, I'm already thinking from that sense. I, listen, if I said Levine, you would have looked at me like I had five heads. I'm, not, I'm looking at you like you have five heads because I don't think they need another guy like that. You're telling me Luka wouldn't love another star next to him. 
not that type of star. But what star available here would you do that for? Because then let's think about it. You're you don't always sign. have to get the the best available star at the moment. I don't disagree, but I really I look through maybe, wait on maybe this year isn't the year. But there's some good names here. You got you, Harden probably is going to stay in Philadelphia, yeah. but that's not official. I'm not I'm not in love with Harden. I'm Luka. not yeah, Luke and Harden. That's like having the same person. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not in love with that. That's interesting, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sounds like it's gonna be. I don't like star awful. power. Like it sounds good, but it doesn't always work. I guess man, there's really no name I'm looking outside of Bradley. That's why I'm waiting because you're you're looking at stars. Just no, look at I'm, role players. I'm really looking at role players. There's look at really, the small forward position and look at role players. Joe Ingles, Andre Iguodala. These are all. It's not the year. Derek Jones Jr. It's Kyle Anderson. Year. It's not the year, that's all. Kyle Anderson wouldn't be bad in Dallas. Solid. He would be a good fit with them. Joe Inglis wouldn't be bad. No, yeah, he wouldn't be bad either. Sorry. But he's coming off an ACL. Yeah. He's already slow. He is extremely slow. He can shoot that ball. But out. I'm saying, I think you're you're basically talking about the Dallas Mavericks. Need a star. No, one. no. He's another, talking about... Just you're, another, you're talking about... from Jalen Brunson. You're talking about the Mavericks now not bringing back Brunson because Dinwiddie has come in and now has excelled in his role that he's in. We've had this, these conversations a lot um, when we talk about the Mavericks because you seem to like to pick on Jalen Brunson. What? <laughs> whenever <laughs> whenever Jalen Brunson Bully. comes up, you seem to want to always upgrade from Jalen Brunson. What are you saying? Jaylen, I've never said this until today. No, you said it before. No, I swear to God, you, you said it before. Said it. You God said it before. is looking down on you, and he's disappointed that you would you, swear you, to God on something you like said that. that no, you said I that before. No, I haven't. On the last Dallas segment, you just I didn't like say that. you should move on from Jalen Brunson. I said that he is a solid piece for you. No, you I said, said that that, you doesn't, that influences me with Dimwitty because I have Jalen Brunson. I don't feel like I need Dimwitty, but here's Dimwitty performing. You said it before. Just I have yeah, you said it. I haven't. After the pod, we'll go and we'll search it oh up God. and I'll show you. Okay, whatever. Listen, but right now I'm telling you, if that means I can improve from Jalen Brunson, and that's no disrespect to Brunson. Brunson's been awesome in his role. But if I can upgrade from that, I'm intrigued, especially with a contract like Dimwitty's that is as kind as it is. If the if the, if the the Mavericks want to be cheap, they move off from Brunson. Because you have Dinwiddie, who's taller, who's six five. He can't shoot like Brunson, even though he's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. But he can't shoot like Brunson. Brunson, I think Dinwiddie's more of a finishing guard at the basket. For sure, Brunson is somebody who gets so to his crafty. spots in the mid range and the elbow. A lot of pull up jump shots. He loves to. He even though he's only six foot six one, he loves to post up and do a little bit of a turnaround jump shot and hit shots that way. Dinwiddie. Yeah, because he's playing great. It makes Brunson expendable. But the best version of the Dallas Mavericks is having three guards who can all take the pressure off of Luka. Because the problem with the Mavericks is that whenever Luka gets off the court, they seem to take a step down because they don't have somebody that can initiate offense on a consistent basis. But now when you have Luka on the bench, you can have Dinwiddie or Brunson always being there to create offense for others, and that helps them. Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't even back yet. When he gets back, that's going to make the shooting on this team that much awesome. more deadlier. Yeah. And right now, the Mavericks are the best defensive team in the NBA in terms of opponents' points per game. They're number one in the entire NBA. That's a Dallas Mavericks team doing this right now. Luka, in, since Dinwiddie, he's been averaging 31 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Brunson's averaging 16.5, the same as uh, just one point less than Dinwiddie. They're all playing great. No doubt. This, this I think, is the best way to build around Luka, and I'm I'm signing Brunson 100%. Well, what would that contract be? 
Probably in the Dinwiddie range. I think he's gonna he's gonna want more than Dinwiddie. I think he'll get exactly like what Dinwiddie got, maybe eighteen, nineteen mil. But that's what Dinwiddie's getting. He's getting eighteen. You think Jalen Brunson, who has been better than Dinwiddie? No, but you got to remember when Dinwiddie got the deal, coming off a torn ACL. Before that, he was coming. But they off were, the they paid they paid him off of the season he had. Yeah, prior. He was averaging twenty and five. I'm thinking of how Terry Rozier left the Celtics and he got his bag with Charlotte. I feel like it could be similar with Brunson. Well, Charlotte, that was different. different. That was more of a prove it. They, 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 they not prove it, but they gave him that deal based off what we think you can do, and it and proved. Jalen Brunson's one of Jalen Brunson had a better production at where he is right now than Rozier had. He was, he was a, he was like an eighth man. I just think of the attention that Terry Rozier drew in that free agency, and I feel like Jalen Brunson. No, Jalen Brunson's going to get a lot. He's going to get a lot of Rozier attention. got that deal off the playoff from the Celtics after. for sure. And Jalen Brunson's going to get a lot more. of attention. He's going to want more money than Rozier. No, I agree. He might. It'd be a team that might give him more money, but I think. Like eighteen and nineteen would be around what you would want to give him. If I'm Dallas, I think that's valid. Let me look at Rozier's contract really fast. Not a twenty-two million dollar player. Did you think Rozier was a? Charlotte is a small market. Four years, ninety-seven million. That's what Rozier got. Charlotte, you can't compare a small market. Charlotte's going to pay. They have to overpay. There's going to be a team that's going to want to overpay for Jalen Brunson. Right now, the Knicks are linked to him the most. There isn't many teams with cap, I'm I'm sure they could do that. They would overpay for Jalen Brunson. The Knicks should pay for Jalen Brunson. That's what I'm saying. They would. You think the Knicks will overpay for Jalen Brunson? They could. Why not? They need a point guard pretty badly. You You think we'd give them 25 mil? 25 mil is insane, bro. I don't doubt anything the Knicks do. (laughs) All right. Um, I'll just say this. I think the Mavericks are keeping Brunson, and they're, they'd be willing to pay him. That's the best variation of that team. Now, they have the best record in the NBA since trading Christos Porzingis. We've already mentioned potential playoff matchups. I think they can beat Utah. For I think sure. they can beat Denver. Memphis what, is a tricky team. they can beat Memphis? I never said they could beat Memphis. I don't know. Might have been me. Was it you? I was going to say, you've been low on Memphis to a degree. To Probably. a degree. Might have been me, though. I ain't going to lie. Might have been me. <laughs> That's crazy. I really forgot. They can beat Memphis, though. I'm saying it now. Yeah. You think Golden, Golden State, can they beat them? With no Curry, yes. What if Curry's injured, but he's playing? Ooh, and he's playing hobbled? A 70% Curry. Six games. You win. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll still be six in general. I think Curry on the court, you guys should win the series. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But Luka's going to be on a different level. Does Luka get out the first round? This season? I think I, yes. I don't because I, I if they play Utah, I have Utah winning. I just don't like that personally. Okay, you don't, in, what, in the sense of the Utah, hell? I don't like Utah. Oh. Utah, I apologize. <laughs> I, I should have finished my thought there. I don't like the idea of the Utah's playoff chances right now. I just think that even still, their lineup is very similar to last year's, and a lot has to work out. The Quinn Snyder adjustments need to be really at the forefront this season, especially against Luka, who's going to feast against them. And the way that Dallas has been playing defensively, it's going to be a tough series for Utah. Have you guys noticed that when Luka first got into the NBA after his rookie season, he was heralded as the next star in the NBA? And he was this media darling virtually, and now this year it's kind of not been that who's way. This, who's this football comp? Herbert, in a sense? I don't know. I can't think of a football comp. That's That was my—I think there was a tweet of, who is who is Herbert's comparison? And I said Luka Doncic. Like, big hype, young guy ready to take over the for league, sure. but hasn't— one I don't know. I think I think for me, Luca has a similar timeline to James Harden. Really? So where I feel like James Harden later in his career got hated. I feel like Luca 
because of his complaining to the referees and a he lot does of the tactics he does. He said he stopped though because he told JJ Reddick that now he like sings under his breath to like not complain. But I think now Luca's getting into that territory where we're not appreciating him as much, even though he is clearly going to be the face of the NBA. Greatness becomes opinion. very boring. Like repetitive greatness becomes boring at times. And you also have to think his style of play is not box office. It's James Harden's style of play. Yeah, I guess to a degree. <laughs> you did not want to say that. No, nah, like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, nah, I agree with you. I don't you. know how you can look at Luca and James Harden and not be like they are so similar. They have definitely some similarities. They are extremely similar. They are literally the play, same player. Yeah. Let's just come on. They're yeah. the same player outside of Luca posts up way more. And Harden's just Luka's, a little faster. Yeah, Luca posts up way more and he'll take more mid range shots. I Harden think he's a better to playmaker that. too. Midi, bow, bow. When he was good. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. He's been real stinky. He's been real stinky lately. They just beat Dallas. Since since the the Nets game, he's been mid. He's been mid. Score wise. He just had 20 and and 10 last night. Did you look at his efficiency? I mean, did you look at the game? He was killing. That's why I said scoring. I had to, because you know you, he can have 10, 14, and 10, but you're a great game, awesome game, incredible game. Okay. Scoring wise, he's been stinky the last couple games. He's had like 20 in every single game. Since that Nets game, he has not been what he was the first two. Yeah, the I don't game know. He folded. I don't know. I wouldn't say that. He had. He's true. He's had twenty like the last five games, bro. I don't. I don't. You might have to look that look up. Look at seventeen. Like look one up. game. Let's see. It's either four of the last five games. He's had twenty, bro. Twenty flat. No, more than twenty. I'm just saying, like twenty as a base mark, baseline. All right, as well, a benchmark. He has had. He had 24, 24, 24. 21, 24, 26, 11 against Brooklyn. 16 against Chicago. Yeah, so he hasn't been bad since Brooklyn. He's been actually great. Great is extreme. He's averaging a double-double, bro. The efficiency. He had 24 and 14 last night. The efficiencies, 42 against Dallas, 43, not horrible. Uh, Shot 37% from three. He made three threes. Uh, 41% against Cleveland, 54 against Denver. They lost. 26. Why do you add the loss part? um, Because 54 is great. But what? they just lost. Didn't mean anything. <laughs> oh wow! Twenty six point three. I'm just, I'm being rude. I'm sorry, man. I'm really <laughs> that being was just rude. Like, that was rude. That was unnecessary. Twenty six point three against Orlando, who has let up one hundred and eleven points to two players. That was supposed to be his fifty ball, and he went three for eleven from three, five for nineteen from from the field, and against Brooklyn. Let's not even go there. Yeah, let's close that. He's had some three. He's starting to get it going. So I showed you. So I showed you. Three good you. games. Three decent games. Two two decent games, one really good game. I wait till playoff time. You know he always kicks up. The assists have been there. I mean, that's just going to be there every single game as long as you have Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Maxi. Tobias Harris. Tobias has been really good He's recently. He's the fourth best player in that team. He's been better than Maxi since the Nets game. Oh, my God. Maxi's been week, very passive. He's trying to find his way. He's a young guy. But he was so great, really aggressive off rip. And then he's kind of been passive since the Nets game. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This week in the NBA, this is our weekly NBA segment. Yes, sir. What did you guys see that was interesting or did you want to highlight? No. You know I have to. I was going to do it. No. What are you talking about? I'm going first. No, you're not. Not I, anymore. Yes, I am going first. Are you talking? Lebr- LeBron James, 30K, 10K, 10. That's all right. That's how I was going to do. But. Shout out to LeBron James, man. So ironic that this guy's delivering that news. No, because it's really, it's actually, I wanted to bring it up because it was actually really interesting because when Steph Curry broke the three-point record, they damn near threw a parade. And don't get me wrong, I love the parade. It was great. Appreciate his greatness. He's the GOAT. But in a sense of LeBron, 
Yeah, 30K, 10K, and like the league just kind of whiffed it off. Like they didn't really acknowledge it too much. I didn't see too much. Like I saw maybe a video about it, but that was mm. about it. So I just I found it interesting that he did something that probably nobody else is probably, maybe. No one's going to do nobody's it. Nobody's probably, 30K, 10 Nah, nobody's probably ever going to do that again. There's been no player that's done 10K, 10K, 10K. Yeah, I think somebody would do that though. But I don't think 30K, 10K, 10 I don't think nobody's ever going to do that. And we kind of just like whiffed it off. But Steph Curry... And I love Steph, and I'm glad we threw the parade because he's the greatest player ever. But he broke three point record, and it was just Take like it easy with that Steph no. Curry. The best <laughs> he was just, ever. And he, we just woo. But it's like LeBron, and I guess it's because the Lakers are losing by a lot. I'll tell bad. you why this is because the three point record itself is such a prestigious honor. Like mm. that itself is a huge record to have. 30K, 30 10, 10, 10 is, is a milestone. It's not a re- like a record itself. Okay. Like points per game, points per season. That's a milestone PER. that will never be that's nobody's ever touched though. No, for sure. And that's I I'm with you. I definitely agree should have been praised a little bit more, but people look at the three-point shot now especially because of Curry and they hold it to a whole different standard. That's fair. You, Prestigious. you agree? Yeah. Shout out to LeBron though. You know, you're still not the GOAT, but Keep, keep Curry trying. is apparently. They keep trying. So man. my this week in the NBA actually happened last night. We spoke about it a little bit. Russell Westbrook. Two chances to tie the game to send it over. He bricked the first one. The first one was one of the worst <laughs> misses I've seen in my life, unfortunately. It was really bad. But regardless of the noise, regardless of all the chatter that he heard in that Timberwolves game, regardless of the chatter that he heard walking into the game in Toronto with one of the fans just telling him, I want you to play better being egregiously rude to one of the all-time greats of this game. Is that being rude, though? He's being rude, yes. I want it's, you to play better? No, he, he's like, he was saying it condescendingly, like, I just want you to play better. All right. Like, if someone said that <laughs> to you. What did Russ say? He just, he, he's like, I'm not the one, I'm not that type of guy to mess with, all that, just like, Word. you do that. He's like. We feel you, Westbrook. So, to, to have the stones, to hear all this noise. And to come back down again after missing terribly and to hit the game the game tying shot to send it into overtime, having a great game, 22 points on great efficiency. Russell Westbrook has now become the most or has the most game tying or go ahead shots in the final minute among all active NBA players with 53 go ahead shots or game tying shots, excuse me, more than Damian Lillard, who's number two, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. Snakes. Gotta give Russell his praise because he's been getting a lot of hate this season. He's been he's not been having the greatest of seasons, and that's obvious. That's but to have your moments, you still have to acknowledge them, especially when you're Russell Westbrook. Timberwolves just won. They beat the Bucks one thirty eight to one nineteen. Giannis wanted to didn't put play. That out there. I know they didn't play, but that's still a win, and that's still closer to getting the fifth seed. What are they now? They How are many the games seventh. Are they out? I think six. they're only one game behind this, the the six. And, and then yeah. what about fifth? Like two? Like two, two and a half. And Giannis missing, I'm going to lose the championship in fantasy basketball. Wow, look at you. I'm no. going to lose you. Oh, the Lakers to, lost, you lost. No. I lost fantasy football championship. Denver lost. And I'm about to lose the fantasy oh, basketball championship. Oh, and the Yankees lost. What do you mean year? we lost? Well, I'm talking about last year. year. Yeah. Whatever. Bastard. Loser. This week in the NBA, uh, I, I stumbled upon this cool stat, and it was about how much in the middle and average the Charlotte Hornets are this season. <laughs> That is they're, nuts. They're 35 and 35. They're 22 and 22 in the Eastern Conference, 13 and 13 against the West, 17 and 17 at home, 18 and 18 on the road, and they have a 113 offensive rating and a 113 defensive rating. So everything for them is basically like mid. even. It's mid. There's probably by the time this show is over, they're probably gonna win a game or lose one, and it's gonna throw this off, but 
as of right now, they are everything is the exact same. And they're actually on a three game win streak, so they're playing better. They're the ten seed right now. I don't know. They'll you know they'll be in the play in for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll get in the playoffs. I think this is the second year in a row the Charlotte Hornets get in the playoffs. They got they don't get in smoked the out last year. I think an advancement for them is actually being competitive in the playing game because last year they got smoked out. I think they they I mean they can beat Atlanta. Right? I don't think they're One making game? the playoffs though. They can't, I don't think they'll beat it. You got to think the Nets are a lock. Ah, they're all right. I well, let's not talk about it yet. I do think the Raptors will get in. I do think the Raptors will also get in. They. they I don't think there's no Scottie way. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year. Oh god, he could be. Oh my god, he's been playing great. Mobley just had 27 though, but they all been playing really great. They have been. Kate's gonna finish in third. Scotty's respectfully. Two. Scotty's three actually right now. Kate's two. Don't disrespect him. He's not. Think Kate is two. Scotty? No, I'm saying I'm telling you out of rookie ladder. He's two. Last time I checked, oh. last week he was two. I thought I was just no. He's one, but I'm saying he's two. Oh, the rookie ladder. Carl Anthony that. Towns on TikTok. He actually has this. Uh, he goes on Twitch often and does live streams. He actually was talking about the Westbrook thing not too long ago and how and how um you know they somebody called the Timberwolves classless and Cat wasn't having it. He was like, I mean, this guy, it was all cool and he was rocking the baby and talking mad shit. And now when we do it all, you know, it's disrespectful to an all-time great. You know, so Cat goes on Twitch often and I actually stumbled upon his account on on TikTok of that Twitch. And I commented, hey, what's up, bro? You trying to get on the podcast? And the reply from at least the account was that um, if you ask a question, he'll answer it live on Twitch. Like, he'll answer the question live That's on Twitch. That's pretty lit. So because of that, I have some questions here prepared for Carl Anthony Towns that I want to ask. Respect. So, what do you think, bro? Carl Anthony Towns, I heard that if I ask you these questions, you'll answer it live on your Twitch. So I want to ask you these two questions. First one, what's the main reason behind the Timberwolves' success this season and the second question is do you feel like you are the most underrated all nba performer currently in the league right now because i think because the timberwolves haven't had much success winning wise in the past people have often overlooked your play but i think now you're getting recognized for it but do you feel like you know it's it's about time people recognize you because you've been great for so long but this the season that the timberwolves are winning you're playing great do you feel like you were one of the most underrated players in the NBA currently? Usually on TikTok, you know, last time we posted these questions on TikTok, they were like, oh, you didn't give them time to answer these questions to like stitch it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. People complain about it. Yeah, everything. I think he's supposed to just like, you know, react to it on Twitch anyway. It's not like going to be a duet or stitch. So there you go. There's nothing even to like react have to. have to tune in. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tune in, then clip it. And post then it clip it own. and then post it on a row and the response. That would be dope. That would be pretty lit. Ben Simmons, an update on him is that Steve Nash said that after his epidural uh, thing, which is a steroid injection to ease his pain, to ease pain oh, in his yeah, lower uh, back. Yeah, they give that to women. Yeah. Pregnancy. Uh, that's I great. have a baby, bro. You nailed it. You're 100% right. I know. I have a kid. Nurse Drew. He knows what he's talking yeah. about. Uh, that's what happened with uh, my, when she, she could not take the pain. She needed the epidural. She, she was begging for the epidural. Yeah. So I was like, you know, give it to her, man. She's To the women that have natural births. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. How they do that is flat out amazing. It's ridiculous. That's it, that. Excuse my language. That shit really works. No, this is, she could not feel anything. Like really, yeah. Like she, they, she, they, they had to really tell her. All right, you have to push because you know you won't feel Your when sensations. It's not so it. it was like when she did it, it was like a lot of shit coming out. It was like really disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> 
smelled, rid- <laughs> smelled ridiculous in the room. Uh, I tell you, like, <laughs> wait, so while she was pushing out, maybe she was just, like shitting. Yeah, because like you're time. pushing, so it's yeah. like because sh- you don't you don't feel it, so you have to really push out, and it's bad shit coming out, bro. It, the room smelled insane. Yo, bro. that but is I watched the whole hilarious. thing. Hilarious. I watched the whole thing from start to finish. Didn't faint because so I wanted. Was to- your baby like covered in shit? All these questions yeah. I have in my head, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask them. I mean, you can. So you ask just me, watched I, her just I swear, diarrhea because I because I, I wanted to know because people kept saying, "Oh, you fa- guys faint when they see their baby." So I was like, "All right, let me see. Let's let's see. Let's see what's." So looking. you're on different timing. Yeah, I stood like the, she's right here. I stood right here and I watched everything happen. Like, yo, that's the, real. The whole <laughs> thing. Real. I'm like, I want to see how this whole and I'm just watching the baby come out and shit come out. I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see why people faint, but I'm not fainting. But it's yeah. just like it's not like a. Oh my god, a baby coming out! It's like, uh-huh. no, this is disgusting. Yeah, like, it is. This is absolutely nasty. I've seen some nasty things in the hospital. So what are the I'm not be- allowed to outside talk about of it. outside of uh, of course the pain of pushing out a baby? What are the benefits of that steroid injection? Or actually, I would actually ask this: What are the benefits of having a natural birth? If you, there are you any, you just don't have the those type of toxins in your body. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you want the baby to just be naturally pushed out. You want nothing in the body that's not what you are already ingesting. Because you're already conscious of what's in it, you understand like the actual. Yeah, no, nah, she could. You understand wait. what I'm saying? <laughs> I I can't get that image on my head now. Oh, so. bro, no, it's, you can't. It's very vivid of what bro, you're saying. I can picture it exactly. It's stuck in my brain forever, bro. And then like, like it's like once they pick them up, <laughs> was it like flying on the floor or was it just? No, like, it was like they had a big ass bag and a big ass. Like it was really there. And like once you pick them up clean them off you go sit them down i went to go look at them and you instantly cry like there's no stopping you from crying like i didn't want to cry fuck it's I a beautiful for? thing it's, yeah, but it's like i'm a man i'm not crying and then Come i just on, bro. I'm that whole masculine like, it's just me though like i'm looking at them and i'm like fuck i'm about to cry and i was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, like and I had no reason to cry like it's an exciting moment no you had a nah, reason it's, i'm saying it's an exciting moment but i don't cry so i'm like why am I about to cry? And I'm so mad I'm about to cry. Bro. And it just got worse. It's and all right worse. to have emotions, bro. Yeah, and then um, her, right. her stepdad came up to me. He's like, You got to be a man now. And I'm just like, I'm, I want to stop crying. I don't care about what you're talking about. I just want to stop crying. <laughs> I'm sure he right cried. Now. I'm sure he cried whenever he had his ch- uh, his children. I don't know. I just, he's giving me the man talk. It's got to be a man. You got to step up. And I'm Real. just like, Bro, shut up right now. Leave bro. me alone. I'm mad as hell right now. I'm crying. Like, I hated that movie. He has tears flowing down his Yo, face. Yo, it was bad, bro. Like, it just hit you like in a second. Of course, bro. So so have you uh, ever been through like a birth I haven't experience? Yet. You haven't? I haven't yet. It's fun. That is something that I wanted to do for a little while, actually. But all the stigma of being a male nurse in the OBGYN type of the what OBGYN. It's basically a gynecologist, like oh. be a nurse in that sense, and or labor and delivery. Like there's a huge stigma that women just don't want male nurses. Mm, okay, which yeah, makes sense like because six, there's a, yeah, yeah. there's men that there's are like some six sick people. Women in there. There was a lot of women in there. Of course, no bad women. Yeah. Especially in labor and delivery. It was fun though. Yeah. So this is a, I guess has something to do with Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons got <laughs> it, a, it, it. Technically <laughs> does that Bradura all led to this conversation. Yeah, we got some. We got some guys that don't know what I'm talking about. Clay, they, he knows what I'm talking about. Kari, you know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> oh, they have children too. <laughs> yeah, they got some guys. Uh, got facts, some guys. facts. So an update on Ben Simmons is that he isn't able to do any work right now. He just took a steroid injection to ease his pain in his lower back. Which I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like at this point Ben Simmons isn't playing at all this season. I think they're gonna sit him. They're gonna basically redshirt him, even though he hasn't <laughs> been playing it all season long. <laughs> the Nets are the eighth seed currently, the thirty-seven and thirty-four. Now, how big of a loss do you think Ben Simmons is if he is at all, at least for this current Nets team? 
Do you feel like they even need Ben Simmons is my like kind of real question. You know, what do you think, Riff? Honestly, I don't think they I don't want to say need, like it sounds disrespectful to Ben Simmons. He's a okay player. He's a guy who is one of the best defenders in the league. So I think that defense is there. But if Kevin Durant, the real main thing is Kyrie Irving. I think that's the main piece that they would be missing because if Kyrie Irving can't play, which it's looking like he probably won't be able to play games in Brooklyn, that's going to sting. Or I think, Toronto. And if Kevin Durant and Kyrie were playing, I don't think they necessarily need Ben Simmons right now. But I think at this point, talking about Ben Simmons for a little bit, this season is kind of a wash. You know, it's been a lot going on with the situation in Philly. He finally gets traded. Something wrong with his the disc in his back. Sit out this year. It, it doesn't even make sense. He's not even physically, even before, he wasn't even physically ready to play. You know, he's still, like, he wasn't doing anything. So sit out this year. You're under contract for a long time. For Brooklyn, get Kyrie Irving to resign. Seth Curry's under contract. Ben Simmons under contract. You got those young guys, Cam Thomas, Kess Lowards, um, Dayron Sharp. You should try to bring. Claxton a free agent? I don't know. Okay. They should try to I'll bring Andre Drummond back. I think that would be a good piece. He's been really good for them. Patty Mills is somebody who probably would accept his player option if he does decide to say, bring the team back. You know what I'm saying? Run it back. Ben Simmons, get better. I'm I, I'm begging you to get better in the offseason. And then this team could be fully re- – next year will probably be the year we see to fully revamp the what we was expecting Nets. But this year, I still think they can make a run. I still think they can beat a team in the first round, whether it be Miami or Philly, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie are there. I think that's still a dangerous Brooklyn team. But Ben Simmons, I don't think they necessarily need him to make a run because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are so dynamic. But Ben Simmons, in his for his health purposes, should just sit out for the rest of the year. Do I think they need Ben to make the playoffs? I don't think so. The question here is, will the Nets miss the playoffs? If Kevin Durant... It's Kevin Durant. That should not happen. I don't think they should. Ke- Kevin Durant, you, you don't think they're making No, the- I, I told I told Seb this. Uh, we was in the gym yesterday, and I told him, he was like, Atlanta's a good team. You know, we could lose. I said, bro, if Kevin Durant That's exactly loses it. to Atlanta or Charlotte and doesn't make the playoffs, I really don't want to hear anything for like a year. Same thing for LeBron. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, those two guys are great enough to beat teams like the Pelicans or like Atlanta and Charlotte. Like those two are at that type of level. So I expect those two guys to win those games. They have good enough pieces to win a game. You think the Nets can beat the Raptors? Yes. One, I think so too. Yes. Kevin Durant's But the Hawks are coming off of Eastern Conference Finals appearance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say what you say what you want to say, man. They're a they're a great big time team, man. Hey man, Nick's third seed. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Hawks have been the biggest disappointment this season for sure. No, it's ah, been no, you guys. Been a few. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, don't do that. Fair. Don't N- ever. Nets, the Nets, us, Knicks, Hawks. I wouldn't say the Knicks. No, they're disappointment. They are but they're nowhere. not the biggest. No, I'm saying you guys of have, the biggest. Those three teams have more talent. Than I'm them. with you. I would say, excuse me, I said the Knicks before the Hawks. The, the Hawks are more disappointment than the Knicks, but those are the four biggest disappointments for sure. Let's actually talk about it now real quick. What teams have been the most disappointing in the NBA this season? You got the you, what's number one? Lakers by far, by far. The Nets are still a playing team, also, but I would agree. Kevin Durant went down with an injury. That's what made them a playing team. They were LeBron's a second. Been seed. in and out of the lineup. AD's been out. And you out weren't of the good lineup. when they were in the lineup. We weren't. I mean, we were still a top three, top four seed when they were. Lakers early have been disappointing season. though. Yeah, they what have about? Been. Atlanta Hawks, you have to put them up for there. Sure. Definitely for up sure. there. They're probably we, number three. Are we putting the Portland Trailblazers here? Uh, I wouldn't because expectations expect, yeah, for me were low. Them. I would say the Knicks got to be up here. I, I mean that respectfully. Truthfully, they You're haven't right. been I mean, as somebody who was very high on them before the season, 
I feel like people expected the Knicks to regress, though, mm-hmm. outside of Knicks fans, yeah. in my opinion. We at least expected them to be a playoff slash playing play team. I, ex- I did expect playing. I'm not going to lie. What about the Pacers? That's for you. Got to be a disappointment for me <laughs> and the Kings. Yeah, definitely Kings, for you. Yeah, Kings, yeah. Pacers, they, they right where I wanted them to be. It's a shame, though. Injuries derailed Which, their whole season. You're a big Ben Simmons guy, though. So I am. You think they need him? I'm saying to make the playoffs right now, I don't think they need Ben Simmons. To make a run, the, Can to, they make the Eastern Conference? Do, do they need Simmons to make the ECF? This is why the, this net situation is difficult because now that the ban, it's official. They're not, it's, it's, it's not official. It's most likely the ban is not going to be lifted, which means that Kyrie Irving is not going to be able to play home games. That's going to be huge for teams against like Miami, huge for teams like Philly. Milwaukee, huge for teams like Philly, where we saw Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving absolutely light up Philadelphia. This is going to be one of those situations where with Ben Simmons, it would definitely it would definitely help the Nets situation. But I'm not looking at a Nets team with KD and Ben Simmons and thinking that this is my roster to make the run. I'm looking at KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, where, yes, I would feel overly confident in them to really make a run. But with KD and Ben Simmons, I'm not feeling the the same energy as I would feel with KD and just Kyrie, to be honest with you, because that scoring tandem is the best in the NBA when they're on the court together. They're they're the most dynamic, whatever you want to say it, they're the best at scoring-wise when they're on the court together. But it gets tricky because without Kyrie being with Kyrie being a part-time player, especially in the playoffs, it's gonna be detrimental to them. Do I think they need Ben Simmons? To make a championship run? No, because KD and Kyrie have shown that they could do it just themselves. Would it be nice to have Ben Simmons? Without a doubt. That only enforces that. They don't need Ben Simmons. Point blank period. I know Ben Simmons is this nice consolation prize for trading James Harden. All-NBA player, bro. Show some respect. I know that means a lot to you. All-NBA? He actually has made All-NBA. Oh, that's ridiculous. Read a book, bro. (laughs) I don't know how he made that team. Third team, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons is a playoff liability. Ben Simmons, even if the Nets do get him back, is probably not ready to play anyway. Um, how he's hurt now, despite sitting the entire year, is something I'm really trying to f- grasp and figure out. Playing he must games. have not been training at all. It's just really a testament to who he's been his entire career, though. He's been an underachiever. He's been somebody who's talented, who has regressed since his rookie season. I look at the Nets, and I feel like as long as they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Big facts. they can beat any team in the East still. Seth Curry is averaging 16.8 points per game, virtually 17. Drummond is averaging a double-double 12-10 and 10 with the Nets. I feel like trading James Harden, they got a, a spot-up, Sniper shooter and Seth Curry who's shooting almost forty eight percent from three. Seth I mean, can match that's any third guy. Ridiculous. Low key. Andre Drummond. They didn't have a center before him. Now they have their best center that they haven't that they've had in years. And Harden is a superstar talent, but they got depth for him, and I think that's what matters. I still look at a Nets team if they have a lineup out there with Kyrie, Seth, Kevin Durant, Drummond, and Bruce Brown, who's been playing really well for them. That's a pretty good lineup. This is a this we're talking about a team who. Took the Bucks to the wire, injured, and now they just added Seth and Drummond. I feel like if the Nets get healthy, and you're right, the the, the vaccine mandate is a huge thing. 
because because of that, Kyrie can't play in home games. And I think, quite frankly, yeah, quite frankly, that rule is bullshit. We we all know that rule is bullshit, especially when players from other states can come in and make play. Exactly, it's ridiculous. The Nets fully healthy. They should make the playoffs. There's no reason why they shouldn't. They can beat any team to play in, whether it's Charlotte or the Atlanta Hawks. They should not pose a threat to the Nets. They can beat Toronto if it's one game to, to, Toronto, to go. Though. But the thing is, it would have to be from the way that it's set up right now. No, it's in Toronto. Toronto versus, versus Brooklyn, which means Kyrie can't play. Yep. Let's say they lose. They can still they go to home. Brooklyn would have to be at home, which means Kyrie, Kyrie can't play. Yeah. My they point, can my, beat Atlanta my, and exactly. Charlotte with KD. My only. initial point is, if Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, he should be able to get past Toronto. Worst comes but to worst, look, boom, he should be able to get past happens. Charlotte. They go and to Miami. Atlanta. Kyrie can play those two games. Oh, for sure. And if they're eighth seed or if they're seventh seed, Kyrie can play those two games in Philly. They so can you, get up like a two zero lead. What's on the, the interesting list? thing about it? If they are the eighth seed, they would be playing four games at at four the games whole, away yeah. and outside of Toronto. There's no in Toronto won't other go to spot the where round. he can't play so away. Like, yeah. So it would be interesting to see that because if he only plays road games and they win all their road games because of Kyrie. Even if they win three and Kevin Durant gets you one game at home. He's more than capable. Yep. He should be at least. All right, don't do that. I'm just saying he should be. I feel like Ben Simmons, just the way this entire thing has gone on has been disappointing. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt in Philly because it's a tough situation. You know, especially him dealing with fans who are obnoxious and who are rude and are toxic and very negative. Okay, I can understand how that affects your mental health. That that would affect a lot of people. But then when he get traded to Brooklyn, I'm like, okay, he's revitalized. He now, any player that leaves a situation like the one he left in Philly, not any player, because obviously it's not for Ben Simmons, but most players that have a desire and that have competitive nature, would be longing at the opportunity to leave that situation and now prove themselves in a new one. And he hasn't done that in Brooklyn. Agreed. At first, it was he needed some time away for his mental health in the first couple of weeks. That's why he didn't play. And then it's because his back now. You know, and I, I'm not saying, he, you know, his back could very well be in pain. I'm not saying it's not. I think but that that's more realistic. It, it definitely is more realistic. And that's why for me, I'm like, I don't feel like he has true competitive nature Mm. i don't feel like he wants to be great i don't feel like he wants to be a missing piece to a championship team i don't think he really cares and that's why i don't know if he's a big loss for brooklyn i think brooklyn like i mentioned before they can win with just Kyrie and katie kevin durant this year he's averaging 29 for the nets and he was healthy they were 29 and 15 that's a 0.659 win percentage which would be second in the in the eastern conference right now so that means when kevin durant plays the Nets are the second best team yep. in the Eastern Conference. Number two. And we're talking about a team that didn't have Kyrie for the majority of the season. It really was Kevin Durant carrying somebody in James Harden who, if we're taking into account James Harden's level of play in Brooklyn for most of the year, Seth Curry can definitely outdo that with Drummond. Outdo? He was still averaging 23 and, and basically 10 assists. He said that's and Drummond. I guess that makes it better, but... I've, that's how I interpret it, but yeah. I don't know. Watching the Nets games with Harden, even when Katie was there, there was a lot of misery. Four for fifteen nights and Kevin for Durant sure. dropping thirty eight. Super inefficient. At least with okay, you're right. Like Harden to give you twenty and ten, 
but Seth would give me 18 and shoot six Efficient. for 11 from No doubt. Three. I'm with you. And he'd be He's a, he's a better Seth. fit. He's a better fit, which I agree with. He's a Curry, man. He's a Curry. Can you stop it, man? Curry, man. Greatness. Your agendas. He's a Curry, At least they're consistent. He's no, a Curry, they're nice. Bro. The Curry's, Curry's don't miss. The great family. He's a better shooter than Steph. Oh, my God. You have to Statistically, stop. he is. Statistically, he don't even shoot the shots Steph shoots. Oh, yeah. So he's a better spot-up shooter? He probably is a better spot-up shooter. Okay. Who would win in the one-on-one? Oh, Steph would cook him. Why Why do you think If that? Seth got the ball first, would Curry get it back? Yes. I don't know. But if Steph gets the ball first, do you even oh, think GGs. Seth? It's GGs. No. Come on, bro. Nah, Seth could definitely lock him up. Good. Interesting. We've seen Curry possessions. get locked. By Seth? Nah, just in general. <laughs> Seth played at Duke, bro. That's a great school. Look where they're at. One guy went to Davidson, another guy went to Duke. One guy's the greatest, other guy's not. So he not. went to the better school, he's a better player. That's it. He didn't get Played drafted. Like <laughs> Seth, didn't yes, get, yes. Seth didn't get drafted. Whoa, you might be right, actually. Uh, no, I'm I right. You. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. You can't tell me about the draft. Who are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy. <laughs> Come Damn. On. Undrafted young boy. I like Seth, though. But I think, like, Kyrie, it's going to help. It's going to work itself out. You know what I'm saying? So... So Miami, that's your pick, though. And they might play Miami. I'm lower on Miami now than I was before. Oh, here we go. Him and I haven't spoken. I've brought him, I've brought him to our side. You uh, didn't bring me anywhere. Nah, it's, it's just, just now. You can just be honest, man. You know what? No, I'm going to let it slide. And just we'll, be honest. And when we do the segment before the playoffs, I want you to make a pick and stand on it. I don't want you to change one game. I haven't done games. it at all. All right, because you, you keep saying. You're, I'm you're super high on Miami. Now you're low on Miami. Now it's, it's a getting, long season. It's getting to the deadline where it's like, can I just get? Can we get some acknowledgement here? Like what acknowledgement? Though? That we were right about Miami, and now you share similar beliefs to ours. Who was right about Miami? Riv and I. Well, I'm so confused. What is he low on though? He, no, me? now apparently he's he's out on Miami being I championship never, no, contenders. No, I, I never said. I don't that think once. he does. What do you? What do you? What, yeah. You said you're low. I'm saying I have concerns about Miami. What was the concerns? Well, for one, I think Kyle Lowry now is an average point guard. Damn, really? I've been watching them play. I feel like Kyle Lowry has lost a step. Wait, and I think now he's he's deferring. Okay. And that's what he's doing right now. But I feel like they need him to be all-star caliber. You don't Kyle think he Lowry. could do that in a playoff game, though? I feel like he can, but we've seen in the past that he hasn't. Okay. So that's a concern for me. Jimmy Butler, also a concern for me. Okay. And I think the continuity of the team as a whole is a concern for me. Really? Just because all year long they've been injured uh, and different lineups have been playing and those lineups aren't going to be the same ones playing in the playoffs because guys can be healthier. Those are my concerns. But I'm not out on Miami. Rotation-wise, though, I trust Spo. In a sense, that, course, like, that part, I trust Spo for, for that. But I'm not out on Miami. You, you feel, want this credit. You I'm want this saying. pseudo credit. Listen, I, I feel like he's, I'm trying to get great that about credit. it. I am. I am. Credit. I was early to it. That was one of my strong preseason opinions. What were you early to? That though? their offense was going to be he the said, issue. He did say that last summer. No, but he said offense. Like, that's not my concern with Miami, though. So your only concern is health, Kyle Lowry. And Jimmy my, Butler. My help, my so concern. The, the best player on their team. My concern is continuity. This, I would say Bam's a second. Who's the third? Tyler Hero. Tyler was better. Okay, okay, Did you okay. just like do that? Yeah, because he was going to say the second. I had to put I know, the second. I, and I was going to say <laughs> yeah. Bam's the second best player. You could debate third, but I would go Hero. Like you, your concern with Miami is that you don't think they'll be able to score enough. I don't trust that's, their that, offense in the not, playoffs. That's not my concern. I think they'll be able to score enough. I just think that teams late in games might be better That was my concern. That part. It was more me. I said all that. Or, uh, you made it sound like they'll be like in the low 80s <laughs> every game. Like they can't score. They have nobody to score. As, listen, realistically, it's the NBA. You're going to score at least 90. 
you should at least. Playoffs is getting close. Cut, just cutting, just sure, cutting down, sure. fellas. Cutting down. I'm excited. You shouldn't be. I am. You have no team in the playoffs. What are you talking about? Milwaukee. Ah, I forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I chose the Suns, so. No, no, no. We're not doing that. What are you On talking about? The, they were my, that's my finals. Yeah, but you're a Lakers fan. Fair. Fair. I'll give you that. Fair. <laughs> On to the last segment of the podcast. Uh, I think this is a, a segment for Riff to shed light on one of his favorite players because Please. he loves talking about him. Teach the kids. But we just made this a segment in general to talk about some underrated players. But Riff wants to give his spiel on Shea. He can. <clears throat> so, Riff, you can start off first. You think? Do you think Shea, SGA, is the most underrated player in the NBA? I think he's definitely walking into that territory. You know, you look at... You look at his numbers, 24, 6, and 5, blinking on that. He is one, at a young age, he's already one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA. He's top five in isolation points already. He's one of the one of those guys who his creation skills are so ridiculous. He can hit that three-point shot. He can, he can break you down in the pick-and-roll game. He has the Euro. He has the floater. There's literally no, aside from his three-point shot, which has shown like it's been up and down, there's literally in, inside the three-point line, there's no weakness in his game. He can do it all, and his playmaking is as solid as it's good. He's a really good off-ball defender. On-ball, it can get a little better, but he's still young. I think right now, like, guards, this is a guard league. This this league, this is the golden era of guards, and I think people are forgetting SGA's name when they're mentioning Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, Devin Booker. And I'm not saying he's on their level, but I'm saying, like, the John Tamers, I think when we mention these guys' names, we need to remember SGA's name because he's a guy who – when he plays, OKC is somewhat competitive. This is a team that he he puts them on their back and he makes the game competitive. And this is a guy who can definitely put up buckets in the fourth quarter in the clutch with the best of them. I mean, this guy is extremely different. And he's still relatively young. I remember in the draft, people were saying Kevin Knox might be better than him. And coming out of Kentucky, he was the best player in Kentucky to me. Like, easily, he was the best. And then when, they, when he went to the Clippers, I knew he'd be a contributor in that playoff team. And then when he got traded... Playing with Chris Paul, that really opened up his game where when he knows how to turn it off, turn it on, and helped his patience to the game and helped the way he looked at the game. So I think for me, he's definitely one of the most underrated players in the league. And I'll even add two more because the topic says add two or three more players. So I'll add two more. Another one who's underrated in this game, shout out to him from Denver, Will Barton. This dude is a bucket. He's been the second best player for Denver for majority of the year. He's been He's been dealt with injuries before uh, this year, but this year, next to the Joker, I know we like to say the Joker is virtually playing with nobody, but Will Barton has been that guy for them, that second guy for them, giving them buckets and key stretches. And for number three, shout out to MKP, because we, we've been on the same wagon. Robert Williams, he is easily, without a doubt, top five defensive bigs in the league. He's 6'8". Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's John? Tortelli. He didn't, I don't know. He loves, shout out loves. To shout out to John Tortelli. I'm a big Time Lord fan too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Joel as well. You're a big what? Time Robert Lord Williams. That's his oh nickname. Oh my yeah. god. This guy's a fan of everyone. I made a film analysis on him last year. I don't believe you. Respect <laughs> me. But yeah, uh, Robert Williams. He's one of the best defensive bigs in the league. He's him being at six eight has definitely changed the Boston Celtics defense. Them having that back anchor, and now when your wings are playing elite defense, and you got guard play that's playing elite defense, and you got a six eight big who's blocking everything. You know this is the perfect Boston has a perfect defense. And shout out to Robert Williams, Time Lord. He's definitely put them at a better space than they was because I know Al Horford's a good defender, but he's old. Robert Williams brings that athleticism, that versatility, and I love Robert Williams' game. So those are my three underrated players. I like it a lot. Now. Just oh, to shed, shed a little light. I, oh, 100%. I'm, I'm with Riv. Great names. 
Uh, you better be. I'm going <laughs> to just speak very briefly on SGA. Respect him. I feel as if he is, yes, I would label him as underrated, and it's for the fact that he's not in a bigger market, and it's his, his play is not translating to wins, and it's not his fault. The roster as a whole is just not good enough to compete with these other teams right now in the NBA. He's fantastic. And because they're not winning, he's not getting more appreciation. And that's why I feel like he's over. He's underrated. Excuse me. Now, for my other underrated players, Desmond Bain, he has been unbelievable in terms of his improvement from last season to this season. He improved his his scoring averages, almost nine full points, averaging 18 points this season, shooting 45% from the field, shooting 41% from three, excellent defender. And is when John Morant went down, we saw Desmond Bain elevate his play and keep the Grizzlies or really start to get the Grizzlies going on that right path of being the Grizzlies that we are seeing right now. And then John Morant came back and you would expect Desmond Bain's production to, to come down. Of course it would come, it came down a little bit, but he has been one of the most consistent options for the Grizzlies all season long is a big part of, is a definitely a strong reason why the Grizzlies are as great as they are outside of John Morant. Now, number two, my number two most underrated player is Boyan Bogdanovich. This is a guy that I've really had to teach myself about because this guy. I'm sorry, had, before you continue, Boyan is Atlanta. Bogdan is no Boyan is, is Utah. Utah. Ah, yeah, Boyan is Utah. Okay, I get so, so confused. So he has been one of the more overlooked scorers in the NBA. This is a guy that can give you 20 any night. A guy who is shooting 45 percent from the field is a knockdown three point shooter. Is a knockdown free throw shooter. Shoots almost 90 percent from from the free throw line. EFG of 55 percent from for his career. 46 percent for from the field for his career. Averaging 18 points per season. Uh, 18 points per game this season. Definitely in terms of offensively, this guy is definitely one of the more underrated players in the league. And I went a little bit more low key. Keldon Johnson. Now. You look from last season to this season, averaging 16 points a game, six boards a game, has up to scoring from almost four four full points from last season, shooting 47% from the field, and shooting over 40% from three-point range on, on two attempts a game, which is pretty solid for a big man. I, I like Keldon Johnson's game. I think defensively he needs to improve to really become that all-around player, but just on a low-key basis, Keldon Johnson definitely is underrated. So you're right. I think SGA is under, underrated. I think it has less to do with market and more about that they lose. Definitely. You know? but I agree. Since the All-Star break, he's been phenomenal. He's been going on insane scoring stretches. These are my three most underrated players in the NBA, though. D'Angelo Russell. I was thinking about him, If too. this guy names all Timberwolves, he I'm might. going to crack <laughs> up. D'Angelo Russell is a really good playmaker, one of the better volume shooters in the NBA, and he's really up to his defensive play this year. He's, I think, one of the main anchors on defense for the Timberwolves. Pascal Siakam, to me, is underrated. He's an all-around player. He Great can do man. literally everything on the court. People still kind of view him in this light because he didn't do great in the bubble in the playoffs. He was very inefficient. He didn't play well. And that was his first test as a number one option. But Pascal Siakam this year has been phenomenal for the Raptors. And I think he is one of the more underrated players in the league. And my third guy, man, is... uh, Actually, you know, I'm going to throw two more in here. All right. I think R.J. Barrett. R.J. Okay. Barrett is somebody that doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm glad he, you let this rock, because that's insane. But go ahead. I think he gets talked about in a bad light. That's why. I'm just saying our good friend Joel over here, who has been... He's, he apologized, so I let him walk. He he apologized. Did so you? Did RJ, you apologize? R- yeah, he did. He did. R.J. Barrett, to me, I think is now 
one of the more underrated players. Wow. He's averaged 26 Shocking since the team. All-Star break. Since January 1st, he's averaging like 24, 25 points per game. He's been efficient. Now when he ha- finally has the ball in his hands, he's making the most out of his opportunities, and I think that's a great sign for the Knicks moving forward. And my last guy is uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I he, hate you. He's a double-double machine. I love that. Wendell Carter Jr. is a double-double machine. He Every can name shoot you the said three, is fire. And he can play great defensively. He can guard one through five. I, how is he not one of the more underrated players in the league? Pascal is the only name that I was thinking on your list that I was going to put on my list but felt as if people already acknowledge Pascal as being one of the better ones. Put D-Lo. But every every other player listed would great. never get nothing out of me. So let's recap this. So let's do it. D-Lo or SGA, real quick. More underrated? No, who's better? Ooh. SGA. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. I just had to make sure he's on the same page. I love D-Lo, but that's not a question. All right. So most underrated players in the NBA. We're each going to name a couple. So D'Angelo Russell is mine. He's been a really. We know he's a great scorer and a playmaker, but he's been really good defensively for the Timberwolves this year. Pascal Siakam, all around, just a great player. Wendell Carter Jr., double-double machine, can stretch the floor and is a great defender. And R.J. Barrett, he's averaging 26 since the All-Star break, 25 since January 1st. The Knicks finally are giving him the keys, and he's making the most out of it. And for me, my underrated players, SGA, he's one of the best ISO scorers in the NBA. He can do it all. He has no damn near no weakness in his game. Number two, Will Barton, the number two guy for Denver right now, makes timely buckets, is clutch, and he definitely helps out the Joker when it's needed. And for me, number three is Time Lord. If the Boston Celtics started off the way they finished, he would definitely be in the running for defensive play of the year. And I think next year would be the year where he fully shows that ability. So that's my three. So for my three most underrated players, I have Desmond Bain, who's one of the best 3 and D players in the league has really blossomed this season offensively and defensively. He's been that's one of the more stable pieces for the Grizzlies and a big part of the reason why they're as great as they are this this season outside of John Morant. Number two, I have Boyan Bogdanovich, mostly for his offensive game and how overlooked it is, how efficient he is and how consistent he has been year in, year out. And lastly, more low-key, Keldon Johnson, who's up to his scoring, uh, his scoring averages. Excuse me, my most under one of my last most underrated players is Keldon Johnson, given the fact that he's up to scoring points per game this season, has been very efficient with his scoring, 47% from the field, 40% from three. And he needs to improve his defense, but offensively he's really taking great strides in his game, and I feel like he's definitely being overlooked. I found the Robert Williams video nice. that I made. I knew you would. You want me to play it right now? Let me see. I can play it live on the Why podcast. Not? Yeah, actually. it's your content. Yeah. We're not getting copyrighted. Yeah, There's actually a song in here, but... Oh, it's great. like one of those. I used to make like my film analysis videos over huh. like music. I know, I know, you know. That's facts. That's facts. <laughs> Yo, that should go hard though. That was so on cue. So here, here's the video. The other day, I made a video about Williams is right up there as being one of the most underrated players in the league currently. This game against the Rockets, he had 20 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists, and shot 9 for 9 from the field, so he was perfect. He's one of only three players to do that in the game. Those players being Nikola Jokic and Wilt Chamberlain three times. He just threw the ball at the rim. He's more of a rim runner on all 
sometimes what you gotta do. Is where he really shines. He's a great shot blocker. He's undersized for the center position at only 6'8", which means he can step out and guard guards. But he also has a long wingspan at 7'6", and that's why he's able to contest shots so well. What Williams doesn't have in height, he makes up in his gigantic wingspan. And now that Daniel Tice has gotten traded to the Bulls, Ooh. Robert Williams is going to have a way bigger impact on the Celtics. The other day I made I was, a video. I was, come on, bro. I was early on Rob Will, man. You were. Uh, Rob Will. Nah, I called the song. I knew it. That shit had me crying, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I knew it, bro. I love voxes, bro. That's what they call like in the music world and production of vox is basically a vocal chop. It's a vocal chop of uh like high pitches and stuff. And I love voxes, bro. For sure, man. They sound really good. Yeah. He was right on cue. All right, so this is gonna do it for episode one hundred sixty four of the Picasso podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can. Go and follow us on Twitter at Pickaside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pickaside Podcast. Use our promo code on SeatGeek, Pickaside Pod at checkout. And don't forget to go on DraftKings and use our code TBPN for a bunch of great bets there. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.